Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. morning my friends welcome in to a friday eve edition of sports take jacob sports youtube network that man is Derek gun i am rob ellis what's up everybody good to see you. i see tyler i see ll miller gun i see m reyes i see twiz rome uh duad i believe i'm pronouncing that correctly james it's joe ho what's up guys gunner what's going on my man my brother it's thursday it's uh, mid seventy degrees. You know I'm happy. It's gonna be eight, close to eighty on Saturday. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah, it, what? the weather's insane where we're at, man. It's it's unbelievable. Yeah, we're going up to today, seventy six. Tomorrow, seventy six. Yes, sir. Seventy nine on Saturday and Sunday. Sunday. Sunday, it's gonna be rainy, but it's gonna be seventy. Yeah, and then, boy, oh boy, Gunner, the high on Wednesday, forty seven. So enjoy. Oh, don't it. Say that. Enjoy it, my friend. I may not show up for the show next Wednesday. I'm so elated about it being close to 80 on Saturday. And here's why. Um, the church uh, my, my wife and I attend uh, that we we help oversee, uh, New City Church in Wilmington, Delaware. We're hosting a big harvest party for the community. Um, okay. You know, we're setting up big bale, a big uh, bales of hay pit with a pinata over it. Kids break it, diving and get the candy. We got a, a train 
that will be continuously going around the big parking lot. Uh, they even have a reptile, a guy with reptiles coming in so kids can pet certain types of reptiles, games, food, hot dogs, popcorn. And the thing is free. Everything is free for kids. Um, we had a great one for Easter, um, and this one is going to be even better. So if you're in the Wilmington area, um, you know, come and check it out. Uh, it's called uh, New City Church, 201 Hawthorne Drive. Uh, go on New City Church's website and, and register if you can. Free promotion, you know, free promotion. Right. But we've had some great events there, and uh, we got a great group of people that are helping all week. So uh, today and tomorrow, once I get off the show, I got to sprint up there because uh, I'm going to send you a picture of this, and you can't really visualize it. We have an inner courtyard within a church, big older inner courtyard. It used to be bushes, trees, and this little bridge you could walk over. Just Well, a, f a friend of ours who owns uh, Mike Borsello, owns his lone landscaping company in uh Hocus in Delaware. Right. He came out, him and his crew ripped all the bushes out, everything. Now you have to take into consideration this church has been standing since 1962. Mm. Ripped all of this stuff out. They redid the entire courtyard. It's a huge, huge, Good huge. Is he a landscaper, like a hardscaper? He's a, land, he's a landscaper, owns his own landscaping business. Very cool. They put in all new, like AstroTurf. Oh, that's awesome. And then there's no upkeep on that. That's there's great. No upkeep, and we can have we can use it for so many different events. Yeah. It's it's over an eighty thousand job uh, eight over an eighty thousand dollar job he did for free for us. There are yeah, it's much we read a lot of bad stuff, and there was there was another tragedy yesterday, right? And 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 we're thinking about the people in Maine, just absolutely it's, awful. That's just gut-wrenching to hear that. It's, it's terrible. It 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 it's it, it just beat you down when you hear about it but there are so many good people and unfortunately we don't hear as much about the good people as we do about the bad people yeah, so man. shout out to folks like that man that's awesome yeah, we have we've awesome. had a lot of good friends that we've made through the years and corporations that have come in and help uh, revitalize this church it's our former church that our current church asked us to go back and help out for a period of time a year year and a half and it has really been revitalized in terms of people coming back uh, money uh, donated to the church, uh, money in, in the church's bank account that had not been there for years. Um, so everything's moving in the right direction. And, uh, you know, funny thing is uh, all of us are like kids in a candy store. We can't wait to see the community come in and just have a good time. And that's when we, I said 79 is sunny. Cause you know, this is a time of year. It can be in the forties, oh, yeah. cold rain, you know, and you yeah, October is a mixed bag, oh, especially man. late October. Yeah. You know, but man, it's the perfect Saturday, man. So we can't wait. To, the time is from two to six p.m. Um, again, New City Church, two hundred one Hawthorne Drive. You know, go on their website, uh, newcitye.org. Check out the website if you if you have kids who are looking for something to do, safe, fun, and most importantly, free. Nice. Everything is free. Come on out, and have a good time. Good, good. All right, make sure that ha make that happen, brother. I appreciate that. Uh, James, listen, I love you. I love you. No shot. No Let's shot. You're getting a hell to the commanders. It ain't happening. We face. love you, but yeah. it ain't happening. We're not, I'm not singing any, any, any Washington football team fight song. Sorry. Sorry. James, let, let, me just, let me just add to what Rob is saying. James, you have, you have emerged over the months as, as one of our favorite people. There ain't no way under God green, under God's green earth. I'm singing a hell to the to Washington. Anything. No. I'd go into convulsions just trying to do it. So that that is not yeah. happening, man. We it, love it, you, but it ain't happening. It's not natural. It's just, you know no. what I'm saying? It's not no. organic. Uh-uh, baby. Not here. No, no. Uh-uh. Um, all right, let me give you a countdown, Derek. We mm -hmm. are 
73 hours and 52 minutes away from the Eagles and the Commanders. Here's the best thing about that, Rob. It's the last one o'clock game of the year. <laughs> we have a shot at one other one. There's a slight chance. The last one at the end of the year. There's a chance, but yes, I, I know. So here's what I'm going to do. Instead of looking ahead to all the late ones, I'm going to savor this one. I'm going to live in the moment and enjoy the one o'clock. How about that? I know. So it's man. a healthy attitude right now. The funny thing is, the one o'clock comes and goes so fast. You oh. know, compared to the, compared to the four hundred five, four twenty five, the eight thirty. I can like, even though I don't love it, I can handle the fours, the the nights. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. anyway, yes, but let's enjoy the one. We have a one o'clock. We do. Eagles practicing today. Jalen Hurts is practicing today. We're going to talk about Jalen in depth in a little bit. But so, Derek, uh, yesterday, Jalen and Nick Sirianni both obviously we're asked about the injury, both very vague, I guess. Nick basically said, why don't you ask Jalen? And Jalen was like, it didn't happen in the, in the game on uh, against the uh, Dolphins. And he also, he also made it a point to talk about how his injuries have happened in the pocket. He felt the need to say that, like, it's not me running around where I get hurt. And he said, it wasn't on the play where he ran to the sideline and came back a little bit gimpy. Right. So, Obviously, that had been bothering him a little bit. The fact that he he felt the need to to point it out and be specific about it. But but that said, correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't the injury last year in Chicago wasn't he out of the pocket for that? Yes, get the shoulder. Yes, on the sideline. Yes. I, all right. So yes. I don't know what's going on there. Um, I, I think it's become quite obvious. The more and more little stuff that trickles out, which is basically telling us nothing, the more and more we realize that there's something that is affecting his overall play. Yep. Because we have been talking about this for weeks, about he doesn't look right. Um, um, he, he's not as quick. Um, he's running more deliberate. Um, so this is something that has been lingering. Um, but I also I, I want to add this caveat as well, Rob. Um as mature as Jalen is, I wonder if the money has some effect on this also, yep. because he didn't come out of the gate smoking like he did last year. Yep. It has been up and down, fluke plays, fluke interceptions, missing wide open receivers. Now, he still put up some decent numbers, but let's be honest, Rob, there are a lot of athletes we have covered, a lot of sports we have covered, where all of a sudden an athlete gets big money and the game is not where it's supposed to be do they do they buckle under the pressure and i'm not saying buckle but does the money weigh more heavily on some people than others um there are some people that get paid and continue to do what they do there are other people when you start magnifying their numbers and their financial numbers and the numbers that they put up previously don't coincide immediately with uh, the, the existing numbers all of a sudden there's more criticism more negative critique than positive and players see this and hear this it starts to weigh on your mind after a while. Yeah, I I think there is something to it. Uh, like I I think that I think we we're seeing a combination of things to to start the year from him. I I think because this started game one, unless this injury occurred in in training camp, he was taking a more conservative approach. You, you right. know, looking to avoid contact right from the jump. But as the year went on, you really did notice like him trying to just 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 go down in certain spots. So I think it's both. I think he's no, I think Derek, it's the contract. I think he realizes well, I gotta be on the field for this team. 
you know, by the end of the year, I got to still be standing. Um, and he's not 100%. So all those things go into it. I think that's why we're seeing less RPOs called. Maybe this explains some of the things that Brian Johnson's doing, you know, fr- from an offensive perspective. Maybe he's trying, they're trying to do things to kind of protect Jalen a little bit or, or scale it back a little bit. And maybe that's why the flow hasn't necessarily been there. They're not doing everything they could do to maxing it out. Maybe later in the year, we'll see that. So this might explain a little bit of the offense's, you know, lack of rhythm, I guess, for lack of a better word. It's still an explosive offense. It's still very much a big play offense. We've seen that. But we're still waiting to see that breakout game where it's just flawless like it yeah. was uh, a season ago. Um, you know, I'm, I'm still anticipating that's going to happen. But there's a possibility they may have to navigate their way through this entire season manufacturing wins like they've done a lot this season. You know, which is fine. As long as you're still racking up the, the wins, you're still the number one seed in the NFC. Everybody else in the conference is looking up to you. That's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, as long as you get to that destination, win the division, get that number one seed, and then you have you you get to play two games in a postseason instead of three. Hey, I don't care how you get there. Just get there. Oh, 100%. 100%. And hopefully get there healthy, right? That's for sure. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, that that is uh, – it's interesting to, to – to know now we know we have a little bit better handle on it because we're saying man he's running less he's running a little bit hesitant and it explains things like there's a there's a little bit more going on than meets the eye i wonder well, you know well, i guess I, I don't know what's the big deal with saying what game it happened though like you're not giving away any trade secrets to the next opponent or any like hey he banged it up in the rams game like why can't you say that that's what i don't get because he's never been on an injury report and that's a no no in the nfl yeah See, so yep. you could basically say, you know, it could be the beginnings of tendonitis, you know, it's because and see, I, I've been seeing this up and down Twitter slash X for the past week, you know, that if the Eagles didn't report an injury, they could be subject to find or something, something along those lines. Um, have you ever seen Jalen on an injury report? No, I haven't. You'll be no. honest with you. Um, so now all of a sudden it's trickling out. It didn't happen in the Jets game. It didn't happen in the, in, in the, uh, the Dolphins game. You know, then then whatever it is, when did it happen? Yeah, I don't know. And why wasn't it revealed? Because you you came out the second half with with a brace on your knee, and I would imagine there's a possibility he's going to wear a brace on his knee Sunday against Washington. Yeah, um, to protect whatever it is, no matter how how minor it it appears to be. You know, and 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 it just keeps ringing in my ears. When asked about will this affect you moving forward, all he said was the other day, "We'll see." Now, what does "we'll see" mean? "We'll we'll see" means I'm not giving you a straight answer. I'm going to keep it very vague, and you can figure it out as you go. I don't know. I mean, I, look, he had a big game against Washington, which we'll talk about last time. Um, but you do wonder if they don't emphasize the run game a little bit more, as to not put him in harm's way. I, you know, that that's going to be the big thing. Um, that I'm going to be looking out for. Washington had three sacks in the game. And we know they have a good defensive line. Yeah. So they, well, they should be able to, even with the good Eagles offensive line, get after them. But Washington did a good job defending the run also. They did. They did. Yeah. I, I, so, Swift averaged four yards per carry. It, they, yeah. they solid. It was it was just an okay running day for the Eagles. Yeah. 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 It wasn't anything and, special. And if, they, and if they forced the Eagles to pass more, that's, that's playing into Washington's hands. But, you know, still. You know, even if even if even if you force Jalen to throw the ball 38, 40 times, you look at who he's throwing to compared to who he's who they're going up against on the back end of that defense, the odds heavily favor favor the Eagles in that regard. But yeah. 
when you have those four first-round draft picks coming at you, and let's face it, this Washington defensive front always gives the Eagles problems, and it gave them problems before Chase Young was healthy enough to come back. Yeah, yeah. You know, so that that's a that's a problem, you yep. know, a potential problem. I Tone say. in in our chat says the technical rule is this: if a player is a full participant in practice, you don't have to list them on an injury report. You only True. are required to list players who are limited or did not practice per John McMullen. So uh, Eagles technically didn't have to do anything if Jalen's out there practicing. Yeah. So that's and yeah. and I don't re- I don't even remember him being limited in yeah. a practice the entire season, and, and that's. I, I haven't seen t- they don't practice till later today on Thursdays. They're usually a little bit later, but he what he was they it was only a walkthrough yesterday, but he was a full participant yesterday. So, so they don't do anything. Media members noticing him limping last week, him coming out in the second half, last player out of the locker room in the second half with a brace on, navigating his way through that game, did fine with it on. Mm-hmm. Um moving forward, it's become a topic of discussion that I'm sure the Eagles don't want out there to do because if something happens, Jalen has a bad game. Yeah. Are they going to blame it on the knee issues? If, if his mobility is not where it needs to be, are they going to blame it on the knee issues? I understand why the Eagles are, are trying to, to douse this thing and protect it. They don't want it to become a big story. They don't want it any excuse whatsoever in terms of what Jalen does or does not do on the football field. I understand it until it becomes something glaring. Now, if we notice him getting up slower, a distinct limp after a series of plays towards the sideline, the story magnifies then. Sure. It sure does. Yeah, right. Obviously, we're going to be keeping a very close eye on that. Uh, That's for sure. So, Derek, elsewhere, we have the Sixers season opener tonight against Milwaukee. We're actually going to talk to Keith Pompey uh, coming up at 1230. There's a, a lot. Yeah, they're opening their season. They have a new coach. There's all the hardened circus, you know, surrounding them. Guys asked are at being asked to do new things like Tyrese Maxey. Uh, you know, what are certain guys who they brought in? Patrick Beverly, Kelly Oubre, what's their role going to be? You know, how much of a, of a step up are we going to see from guys like Paul Reed, et cetera? And just where do they measure up in the East? Uh, there's going to be a lot to a lot to dive into, um, you know, for sure. What, what's up, Fitness Rebel? Fitness Rebel was having a tough time, Gunner. Uh, after the Phillies loss, oh, she's having she's oh. having a tough time, man. She's she's hanging in there. She's back, but she, well, you know she needed a break yesterday. That that's understandable. But see, yeah. Rob, for me, I, like it's for me, it's a twenty four hour thing. I go through something like that for twenty four hours, and then I let it go. Yeah, you got you got to bury it. I mean, some people, and you know, to each his own. Some people go through you know gut wrenching moments. Um, you know, look at how many people were hurting after the Eagles lost that Super Bowl. And there will be a lot of people hurting um, after this unexpected series loss and the manner in which it unfolded to Arizona. And, and that's understandable because nobody, nobody in their right mind thought Arizona could take down the Phillies, especially. I just can't, the only aspect I can't get over, you know, the comebacks, okay, that's bad enough. But the fact that you came home with a 3-2 lead and there's no way you're going to lose two games at home to this light-hitting Arizona team, you know. I know. I'm not over it, so I'm not there. And I think people will take this harder than they did Houston because I distinctly remember after they lost four games to two to Houston in the World Series, so many Philadelphia fans came out and said, you know what, kudos to Houston. They were the better team. Yep. People here are going to – this is going to stay with them for a while because man for man, player for player, dollar for dollar, 
this Arizona team didn't match up talent-wise against this Phillies team. But like I used the junkyard dog, you know, he keeps nipping at your heel. And if you don't shoo him away, he'll come back and bite you. And sure enough. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. It's tough. It is. It's, you're right about that. Houston, it was like Houston's a borderline dynasty. Yeah. And you lose to them. You lose to them. You, you, you aren't. You weren't even supposed to be in the playoffs that year. This was different. Uh, yeah. This was different. It had set up perfectly for you. You lose the last two at your place. Yeah, this one, this is a scar kind of loss. You know, there's no doubt about that. So, so but so let, me ask you, let me ask you this then. Yeah. You being Philadelphia through and through. Yeah. How long will this take to get out of your system? Uh, to be determined to an extent, I am far from over it. I think this will take a couple of weeks at least. And okay. it will, the problem is this is always going to be a reference point. It's always going to be, how about the 23 Phillies, man? They were up three to two going back to their place where they net, they hadn't lost a playoff game all year and they ended up losing that it's until it, if, and when the Phillies win it, if this group with Harper and you know, Turner and real Muto win it, then it lessens. And then we just look at it. Like that was part of the journey. Like in 07, the Phillies got swept out at home by Colorado. Then they won it in 08. 07 doesn't hurt. Who cares? Right? The Eagles, until they won it in 17, we always referenced Super Bowl 39 loss, the Super Bowl 15 loss, the awful loss to the Bucs in the uh, championship game. Absolutely. It's not the first thing we reference now. Obviously, that's winning the Super Bowl. So, uh, yeah. And I think last year's Super Bowl loss, while it hurt, is lessened by the fact that you won it five years ago. Phillies are not in that spot. They haven't won it since 08 and they had a great opportunity this year and they really, really blew it. They, they just, there's no other way to put it. They collapsed plain and simple. It happens in sports, but you, you know, you just don't think it's going to happen to you. When you look at the volume of money they spent, Trey Turner, big acquisition was a missing link into that, making that offense that much more potent. And it turned, and especially the way they cranked it up in August and September, you're just thinking there's no way, you know, Nobody was afraid of break. The funny thing is, nobody feared the Braves. Nobody feared the Braves. Yeah, you know, yeah. especially when the Phillies won that first game. Nobody feared the Braves. No, and sure enough, they took the Braves out real quick. Yeah, you know, and it was it was almost academic. And I'm not going to sit here and say the Phillies took Arizona lightly. I don't think they did at all. I mean, because if they were smart, you saw what they did to Milwaukee and the Dodgers. You say, okay, these these this upstart team who hasn't been to a World Series since '01. You know, they got some kind of mojo working. We got to take it back from them. And after the first two games of the series, you're thinking, this is going to be a quick series. Mm-hmm. You allow yourself to say that because of the way those first two games. And then they had the lead in game three. They had a three-run lead in game four. And you're thinking they're going to close it out. They can't close out either one of them. You yeah. Know? Yeah. But yeah. then they well, keep the important game five, the pivotal game five coming back home, where they were impeccable at home. Mm-hmm. And you're right, you know, for, for people like you who have lived Philly sports, I've been here since 97, but people like you have lived Philly, lived and died Philly sports since you were brought into to this earth. You know, it's. I'm used to it. Here's the thing. I, let me put it this way. I'm kind of used to it. I'm kind of not in, in the state of it. When it happens, it, it's hard, but we built up a lot of calluses over the years with tough losses. So eventually I'll, I'll, I'll get through it. I'm not there yet but I will get through it. That's for sure. And it's yeah. nice to have a, yeah. very well pointed out uh, by it's, it, it's Joho. Yeah. At least, at least we not 
at least we got the six and one Eagles. I yeah. get the point of what he's trying to say. Yeah. yeah there, there's, it's nice to have a football team to, to bounce over, to pivot over to that's playing as well as they're playing right now. Um, that you, much is for sure. Yeah. I, I like what James says here also. Man, football season is flying by. I hate it. You know, it, it's true. It is flying. Quick set. Dude, next week, we're in November already. We're we're in the we're up to the eighth game. We're up to the it's eighth crazy. game already. It, it, Thanksgiving to be here in like a, a month. It feels like week one was five minutes ago, man. I, I, I can't believe we're we're basically at the midway point almost after this week. It's it's unbelievable. It really is. Um, yeah, I agree. I it, and it does suck in that it does go too fast. And after that Super Bowl's played, that is a withdrawal. When yeah. football's over, that's yeah. a withdrawal period, man. Yeah. Big time, yeah. big time. But at least, um, at least you gear up, you know, football. But football is the one sport when the actual games are done, there's two things that really reinvigorate the fan base across America free agency and the draft. See, see, unlike, unlike baseball, basketball, hockey, when the seasons are over, there's that lengthy lull period. Yeah. You know, but at least, you know, football, you, you get over that, that mojo of, okay, the last meaningful game is done in mid-February. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, three weeks later, everybody's jacked up about free agency, right? You know, and 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 the uh, social media platform with all the experts are lit up, breaking stories about who's going where and what. And then a month after that, you've got the draft, and, and the draft gets people in a feeding frenzy again. So at least you have those elements to get you through, you know, additional months after the season is over. That's true. That's true. yeah. I, I mean, I will give the NFL so much credit. They are they are the best league. At being 365. Yeah. They really are. I mean, yeah. you're right. There, there are so many things. The season ends, and all of a sudden there's a speculation about free agency. Next thing you know, we're gearing up for the draft. You're right. Next thing you know, it's it's training camp. And, and you know, there's only there's like two or three weeks, maybe before the before teams report to camp where there it's really kind of a lull period, but that's about it. So they are they are excellent at that. It's marketing. Kudos, kudos to the marketing now, team. Let me ask you this real quick. James brings up another interesting point. Um, it says the uh, XFL merger might help a little. Yeah. Now, with the XFL merging with the what USFL? USFL. Mm-hmm. Okay. Those two combined, will they pique your interest just to peek in on some games in the off season? I. Probably not. I maybe. I I don't know. Now, I, 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 I never. I I'm glad guys have jobs, and and yeah. I really am. I but I I don't know that my interest level is going to be that high. Well, here here's why I would peek in a little bit more now because this past summer, over 117 XFL players were on NFL rosters in training camps. Now I don't know the percentage that actually made. I'm sure the percentage that actually made a roster are minute. But over 117 players were on NFL rosters for training camp. So yeah. it is a direct feeding pool. Now you're combining the two, which is still like a triple A of the NFL, but you have you might have a better product. You have some quarterbacks that might be in a in a in a pro sport that is already watered down in the quarterback department, um, in the defensive back department in a lot of ways. You might have some diamonds in a rough Imagine. that you may be talking about next year. So I might to me. I'm looking at this almost as if you're looking at it as a college draft now. You know, names that didn't stick with NFL rosters are names that could go there, hone their skills, because there's a lot of former NFL coaches that are coaching in this league now. Mm-hmm. You know? So, you know, 
The rule. Our, 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 we've had him on the show. Anthony Beck is is one. Absolutely. Yep. You know, so you you may have the rules may be a little bit different, but the concepts are still the change in terms of technique to get these guys up to where they want to go. So, and of course, our friend Brian Westbrook is one of the uh, is is a part of the the PR staff for that league as well. Yep. Um, so I, I think it'll pique my interest a little bit more this year. Not a lot. I mean, it's like I'll have again. In last year, I was more intrigued by the colorful uniforms than I was the games itself. Now. Okay. I'm going to be looking at players a little bit more. I got you. I got you. Right, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, so beyond that, I mentioned the Sixers. We also have the Flyers playing tonight. Uh, they are hosting the Wild. All right, I want to pose. I want to pose a couple of questions to you, Gunner. I want to start with this one. Will either the Eagles or Phillies yeah. win a championship in the next two years? Oh, next two years. Next two years. Whoa. You want, to, you want me to answer now or after a break or what? Hang on to that thought. Uh, real quick, this is an interesting thought from, from Dan. Yeah. Um, what they need is to have Eagles-like practice squad players playing in the league. When I played in the in the WLAF, I was property lines. I like that idea. Like, I would like to see Tanner McKee yeah. Yeah. and just, just see him with, you know, against other guys, you know, at that at that level you know, or whatever. Like, or some young guy who yeah. – just missed the last cut, but and the Eagles are loaded at receiver, but he looks like he's got potential. I would like to see that. That yeah, to me yeah. is something where I would watch. I would watch that if, if it was if, if I was connected with them, or it was a guy I, I saw a ton in college who uh you know couldn't quite make the Browns. You know what I mean? Like I would like to see those kind of guys. That that would interest me. I actually I like that idea, Dan, a lot. I, I would like to see NFL teams like baseball does latch on to certain farm system teams and it's their own property. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah, you send your players directly to that team. Yes. And nobody else can touch them. You get them back. If you deem them ready to come back to the NFL, you you get them back automatically for that upcoming training camp. Yeah, you know? and, and I get there's an injury risk and all that, but but I, I, I think it's a way to get a guy, improve him. His body's not going to be beat up because he's been on the practice squad all year, so you're not worried about that. Right, um, right. Yeah, I, I think it'd be good. I would like that a lot. All right. Let me let, let's follow up <clears throat> with that question. And then I have one other one okay. that I want to throw your way as well. And then we'll dig into the Eagles and, and some of the things that's that are it's obviously, you know, going on with them. And there's there's a lot as we gear up here for this commanders game. Uh, which is man, we're 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 right around the uh right on the uh, cusp here of, of yet another game being played for sure. All right, so uh let's dig into it. We're gonna do blocks right now, Tone. So we'll do blocks. I want to let everybody know about what blocks is exactly. Did you know that you could spend your PA tax dollars more efficiently? You could fund a scholarship for a student in need and get a 90% tax credit refund. Yes, blocks BLOCS is the largest scholarship organization in Pennsylvania. They've raised 110 million in scholarship dollars just last year, all awarded to families who qualify for tuition assistance. Uh, they've awarded more than 17,000 need-based scholarships annually. And you can direct your scholarship donation to any private or Catholic school in Pennsylvania. Participation in the program is simple. takes only a few minutes. You send your check to Blocks, and they do, do the rest. It's that simple. Blocks, B-L-O-C-S dot org slash tax credit. For more information, there's development officers standing by to answer any questions that you may have. You can also have your account or financial advisor contact them, and they can walk you through the process start to finish. Average HHI of a Blocks recipient, 55000 Demand for tuition assistance outpaces the supply tax credit scholarships. 
nearly three to one. Uh, there's little or no out-of-pocket cost to you to participate. For a few hundred dollars, you could fund a child's full year tuition to a Catholic or private school. Block's graduation is uh, rates are 99% of their scholarship recipients to 64% rate for Philadelphia public schools. 96 cents of every dollar raised by Blocks goes directly into the hands of a family who qualifies for tuition assistance and can be only used for scholarships and tuition. We'll be right back. you own a company and you're not producing a podcast you're missing out the public consumes messaging when they're ready join the professional podcast network of companies and let jacob media partners put you in the podcast arena come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast call jacob media right now at 267-261-3428 267-261-3428 my name is dr bruce grossinger and I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to most to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Win and save this baseball season from Colony Pools and Power Washing, a local company serving Delaware, Delco, and Chester County since 1970. Are you tired of looking at your green house? Is your roof, siding, deck stained green from algae and mold? Let the experts pressure wash your home and take the pressure off of you. Win with Colony Pools and Power Washing. Call them now at 302-762-2250. That's 302-762-2250. Sports take, smash the like, please, if you could, people. Um, all right, let's let's circle back to the question uh, that I posed to you before the break. Just a reminder for people who are just job, jumping on with us: Will either the Eagles or the Phillies win a championship in the next two years? D Gun. Wow. All right, I'll start with the Eagles. Um, Eagles have a very good chance to win it this year. 
when you look across the NFL period, there is no team that has a better or deeper overall roster. Um, the fact that they have navigated their way through seven games and still have only one L is impressive considering the injuries they've had and the fact that it's not fluid and the fact that they have played against some of the best defensive minds in the game and there's more to come. They are still where they are, uh, one game up uh, on Dallas. You know, all things being considered, if they stay healthy, um, they have a very good shot of going all the way this year. Um, when you look at the current Kansas City team, Kansas City has not been known in the past for the offense carrying the defense. So far, the defense, in a lot of ways, has carried the offense this yep. year. Their yep. defense has played better than it did last year, and Kansas City's offense has not been as lethal, you know, uh, as we're accustomed to seeing it. You look at Patrick Mahomes' passing numbers uh, compared to where he would be at this point of a season, and he's behind the, the eight ball a little bit. Mm -hmm. But if the Eagles don't win it this year, the road to get back there, as we know, based on percentages, becomes even harder. And, of course, you're giving opponents within your division and anybody on your schedule an, an additional year to build a team to try to, to, to stop what you're doing. The good thing is you have a general manager who's not afraid to make necessary moves during the offseason to keep the product on both sides of, of the ball at the high standards. Um, I think, yes, for the Eagles – they have a very good chance of winning a Super Bowl in the next two years. As for the Phillies, um, they got there last year. They lost to a better team. They get to that, that final plateau before you get to the World Series, and they fell off the cliff against a team that got hot at the right time. Pitching, timely hitting, base stealing, got hot at the right time. So now the Phillies have to go back and regroup and say, what else do we need? Do we keep Aaron Nola? What do we find to replace an Aaron Nola? Uh, who else on this roster do we keep compared to who are we letting go? And what do we have in our minor league system? Or what are we going to have to trade for? You look right now, they have the fourth highest payroll in baseball. They haven't gotten it done yet with that. Yeah. Um, what do they need to add? You know, we thought we thought what they did this past offseason would put them over the top. You know, um, I would say the Eagles have a better chance of winning a Super Bowl in the next two years compared to the Phillies winning it all in the next two years. Um, the Braves are going to be the Braves, but they own the Braves in the playoffs. Yep. Um, Dodgers are going to be the Dodgers. But then you look at some of the teams in the American League. You know, look at Look at the young nucleus that Baltimore has put together. They bowed out in the first round. That nucleus is going to be back. Houston is Houston. Um, yeah, some of the teams in American League, man, are, are really yeah, good. Rangers are nasty. Rangers, yeah, I mean, you know. so I, I do believe the Phillies have a chance to get back to it. But in terms of winning it all, um, the way how he goes point counterpoint when he doesn't get to where he wants to go, in terms of trying to strengthen the operation, I think the Eagles have a better chance than the Phillies. How, how, okay. how see how say you, my friend? All right, I I think first off. Both teams are more than capable of winning it, and that's the yeah. good thing, right? This isn't a long shot. It doesn't have to be a miracle. You don't need 15 different things to happen. They're both incredibly talented. They've both shown you that they can go really far. Eagles lost by three in a Super Bowl. Phillies got to a game six of a World Series. Should have been in the World Series this year. Right. They're both more than capable. Um, I think they both have front offices who are willing to do whatever it takes 
yep. to win it. That That's also huge. You know how you can be hamstrung by a front office or a bad ownership or a GM who doesn't know what they're doing. Yep. The Eagles have Howie Roseman and the Phillies have Dave Dombrowski. Both guys have won championships. So yep. that's also really in your favor. Both will spend. I know there's a cap in the NFL, but just, just look at the last two weeks. The Eagles go out and get, get Julio Jones. That didn't cost them much. And Kevin Byard, they're always looking to, to add. Um, and the Phillies last offseason, after getting to game six of a World Series, signed Trey Turner to a $300 million deal. So both teams absolutely are in play in their respective leagues. Yeah. Uh, I think it's the Eagles. Simply put, I think it's the Eagles. I, I, because you have Jalen Hurts, and I know he hasn't played peak Jalen Hurts so far this year. But because you have Jalen Hurts, you have a defense that's better – that's getting better quicker than I thought it would. Um, you know, in part because I think players have improved and the guys that they drafted are the right guys. Uh, I think Sean Desai, they may be really onto something with him as a defensive coordinator. Yep. Uh, I think for all those reasons, you, you do win games in the trenches and I'll take the Eagles defensive line and offensive line in a combo over anybody's offensive line and defensive line. Uh, yeah. You may run up against Mahomes, and we know, He's really hard to knock down. I get it. Um, but at least in the NFL, it's one game as opposed to a series. And weird stuff happens in a series. Think about it. If if you played like an equivalent to the NFL and the Phillies and the Diamondbacks played, Phillies likely would beat them. They got up 2-0 on them, et cetera. But in series, weird stuff happens. Um, so the, 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 the short answer, the long answer for me is it's the Eagles – but either one is more than capable, and that's great. That's got to give you a lot of season for optimism, for sure. You know, if, if nothing else, Rob, it gives this fan base, both football and baseball, something to beat their chest about, you know, when things when things fall by the wayside. Because both teams will have rosters coming back that are primed to be a very good team. Yeah. You know, look at how many cities that can't say that, you yeah. know. Their teams are perennial losing teams, um, and sometimes teams that just come out of nowhere and, and make a splash become one-hit wonders and then fade into oblivion and try to rebuild this thing all over again. You know, you look at – the cap part of it is so accurate. You look at where they are cap-wise, but look at what Howie has done. He has players signed, at least through 2024, a nucleus of players that gives this team a chance to win. Now, if Jason Kelsey decides to call it quits finally after four years of contemplating, you have a Cam Jurgens. We've seen enough of him to know he may not be uh, of uh, Jason Kelsey's status, but he's good enough yeah. to get the job done. Mm -hmm. You look at the depth in their offensive line. You look at the young talent they have in the D-tackle position. Eventually, you're going to have to place one or both of their Pro Bowl cornerbacks. It could be after this season. Well, we know we know Bradbury signed beyond. Could be Slay though. Yeah, could be Slay. But you've got a nucleus of young players in house you can transition to. You know, or how he's going to spend the money in free agency and bring somebody in, or how he's going to use draft capital to get somebody to come in and place him in. So you feel good about that. You know, um, there's so many so many teams out there that uh, prime example Dallas Cowboys. They have a good nucleus of players. But that city grumbles every year because what's the battle cry? How are they going to screw it up this year? Right. How you know? Let's, Dallas has a talented defense. Dallas has a good offensive line. Dallas has some good pass catchers. But Dak Prescott is a huge question mark. And as is the coach. As is the head coach and the owner who keeps meddling with stuff. Mm -hmm. You don't hear from Jeffrey Lurie. He stays in the shadows, 
only comes out when he has to a couple of times a year. You know, Jeffrey hires people. It says, I expect you to do your job and I only step in when I have to. Right. That's the kind of owner you want. Amen. You know, how he goes to Jeffrey, I think we need to do this. Jeffrey, t- very seldom will Jeffrey Lurie say, Howie, I don't know about this. Yeah. You know, look at how many players he signed a free agency. Look at how he's wheeled and dealed during a season to get what he needs. That's the kind of owner you want to work for, dude. Mm-hmm. I hired you to do a job. Go out and do your job. I agree with you. Uh, let me put it to you this way. If you're a meddling owner, you didn't get do a good enough job with who you hired. Exactly. Your job is to hire the best people, delegate, support, step in when you feel it's necessary. But if you're constantly involved in things, it's probably not a good sign. And you're right. You don't hear from Jeffrey Lurie. Uh, it's not to, to say that he is some absentee owner who's on an island somewhere, but he doesn't make a you know, public spectacle of himself like Jerry Jones does. Um but, but, but again, let me, this, let me add this also. See, yeah, I wouldn't want to work if I'm if I'm an executive. I wouldn't want to work for Jerry Jones because he's always interfering. Hundred percent. Now we we agree that that Jim Irsay is a loose cannon, but the thing I'll say this about Jim Irsay is he'll come out maybe once a year and say something he shouldn't say, and all of a sudden it becomes a lightning rod. Then he fades into oblivion. See, yeah. Shane Steichen is having success. Because he's allowed to coach the team. Ursay doesn't come out every week critiquing or saying something that's counterproductive. He says something during the offseason, whether it's at the owner meetings or the summer, as he said about the running backs and his running back, Jonathan Taylor. Then he was smart enough to eat crow and gives Jonathan Taylor this shocking contract at a time when running backs across the board are crying foul in terms of how they're not getting paid. Ursay admit, I don't know who he talked to, if he looked at himself in the mirror, if somebody got to him and that he respects, and he said, you know, I've got to eat this crow because we need this guy. Mm-hmm. This this coach, Steichen, is showing me something. And in a division we're in, we have a chance to shock some people, and I need Jonathan Taylor healthy and happy and willing to, to perform. And so, you know what? i, I got to eat this bullet. So oh. I'll give Ursay that. Compared to Jerry Jones, You're right. I'll give Ursay that. That's fair. That's fair. Look, and, and yeah – Mr. Taz picked up on my reference. Uh, the guy in France is what Buddy used to call Norman Brayman uh, because he was never yeah, around. Yeah. But but anyway, yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I agree. Look again. I think both teams are in good spots. I know we're we're disappointed. We're really you know the, the the scar is very fresh here with the with the Phillies. But both teams are in good shape. If you're a Phillies and Eagles fan, you should feel good about where your team's headed and you're run the right way by both guys. Now, the the question I have for you the flip to that. Which team will win a championship first, Eric Gunn? Oh, geez. The Sixers or the Flyers? Now, this question seemed unimaginable about two or three years ago. We would have Ooh. laughed. You would have laughed at me if I asked you this because Ooh. it would have been the Sixers without even a, a, a second thought. However, there's a lot going on with the Sixers, man. A yep. lot. And it looks yep. like the Flyers finally at least appear to be headed on the right road. It's a long road. It's a windy road. But which one would you say? Flyers. Flyers. Wow. I would I would go Flyers. I think it's going to take a long time for the Sixers to dig out of this mess. And especially if James Hart, uh, if, if Joel Embiid decides after this season, I'm sick of this circus. Can you please get me out of here? Um they're gonna they're gonna be set back for years, you know. They're going to lose more games. They're going to have to draft another dominant player. It's going to take years to get a nucleus around them, develop. 
I like the fact with the Flyers, they have been chastised for years for doing it their way in terms of always hiring the old school guard, um, not willing to change their ideals, uh, ideas of how to build a team. Well, you go out and you get a Tortorella and, you know, you that, that's a that's a risk when you hire a guy like that, because there's no gray area with him. Yeah. You either like him or you don't. He either he, he you embrace him in your organization or eventually he rubs you the wrong way. hundred percent. But he's a polarizing guy for sure. Yes. They change the mindset of which direction they want to go in terms of front office. They go out and bring in a Keith Jones, who's never been in a role that he's in right now. But yet they identify he's been around the league long enough in a broadcast role. He talks to all these GMs. He has an idea of what, what a team should look like. He's played the game long enough. You know, they bring in other uh, front office people. Basically, they clean house in a lot of ways in their front office. It's a fresh approach. Now, we're still very, very early in this season. But, hey, look, they gave they gave uh, Vegas all they could handle the other night, you know. I like they lost three to two, but I think they should. Yeah, they, they should have won that game. Probably should have won that game. Yeah. But this is this is a revamped team, um, going in a different direction, and they've started out on a positive. You look at where they are record wise. The start now. Now, obviously, the, the best thing for them is they're on the back burner because the Phillies and 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 the Eagles. You know, so they're on the back burner, so they can slowly creep up on you. And of course, whether you like it or not, people are honed in on this Sixers team because of this 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 James Harden mess. And they want to see what they look like. And, oh, by the way, there's going to be a good audience watching them play Milwaukee with, you know, Damian Lillard. 730 tonight, 100%. Absolutely. Yep. You know, um, I would imagine the Philadelphia uh, viewing uh, viewership will be bigger for the Sixers game than it will be for the Thursday night football game. Yes. You know? So so, so, the, so the Flyers have some the Flyers have some cover over them that they can just slowly go about their business and not be hammered by the general consensus. But I think in a bigger scheme of things, I think the Flyers will have a better chance to win a championship sooner than the Sixers. You? I think it's the Flyers, too. Here's why. This is more of a knock on the Sixers than it is, you know, a praise of the Flyers. Um, I, I think we're about to see the top come off the Sixers thing in a bad way, not mm. in a good way. Uh, I think it's going to be a a tough year for them. Not that they're not a playoff team. They're still a good. They're still a playoff team and a good team, but they're not a great team. But what I think it happens at the end of the year, the whole Harden thing is going to be a pain in the butt the whole year until he's traded. Um, I think Embiid, the frustration level builds. It's another exit early, and he either asks to get to, to be traded, or the team's going to have to look themselves in the mirror and say, "Do we have to just tear this thing down to the studs again?" Yeah. And yeah. I think the fans are waiting to pounce on this team. The fans are unhappy with the Sixers right now. They're frustrated with the Sixers. And there's not a patient with the Flyers. It's a combination of things, Derek. I think there's still some apathy from people who really don't care and aren't paying attention to them. And there's others who feel like, all right, they're finally admitting that they screwed up and they're on the right path now. And I'm going to give them some time. I'll have some patience with them. And I think there is that, that element, which the Flyers have, which helps them. There's not the interest level, but they're the people who are, who are follow the Flyers are willing to be a little bit patient. Patience is at the window with the Sixers. There, it's win now, win a championship now. Stop telling me how good you are. Stop talking about the process, everything else, blah, 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 blah. And you're not good enough, ultimately, and I'm sick of it. And they're they're, they're tired of Daryl Morey. They're tired of Josh Harris. You know, I, yeah, I mean, I think everybody's hopeful with Nick Nurse. But there's a lot of fed-up Sixers fans, and I, I just don't know. I look at the East. They're not better than Milwaukee. They're not better than Boston. That's for sure. 
I don't know that they're better than Cleveland. I don't know that they're better than the Knicks. Uh, you know, I don't know that they're better than the Heat. So I, I will take the Flyers. I, I don't think either is winning anything anytime soon. Uh, the opposite of the Phillies and the Eagles. All right. You being the Philadelphia historian that you are, let me ask you this. When it comes to the 76ers, are you more frustrated with the organization or the players in general? Um, the organization put the team together. They have fallen short twice in the past two years. And in both scenarios, it is the players who have come up small. We looked at this team on paper throughout the seasons in both cases and felt they had a good chance to, to, to do something. And all of a sudden, they just sucked the wind out of the sail. Mm -hmm. Do you blame the organization for that or the players coming up small? And I mean, not just, not, not just James Harden, Joel Embiid, but the supporting cast as well. Maxie came up small at times. Uh, Tobias came up small at times. So where does your blame lie more so? Uh, organization. Um, I, I think that while Josh Harris has been willing to spend, I don't think he spent well. Um, I think he's misspent. I, I, the Jimmy Butler trade, the whiffed draft picks over the years, signing Tobias Harris to a monstrous kind of deal. Daryl Morey's been brought in here and he hasn't made them better. In fact, they always painted him in a corner with the James Harden thing. Um, you know, having Brett Brown run a draft, for, for a time period when you were in between GMs, you end up trading away Michael Bridges for nothing, absolutely nothing, and the guy's become an all-star. Uh, there have been so many mistakes made by the leadership in this organization. So 100% I put it on the organization. All right, I will counter with this. When they drafted Ben Simmons, people were dancing in the streets. Yep. We couldn't anticipate that he was going through the mental stuff he would go through after that game against Atlanta. Um, when people When they traded for James Harden, Man, Twitter blew up. Philadelphia fan base was throwing block parties because they got James Harden here. We couldn't foresee the, how this was going to, to play itself out with his constant hamstring injuries and coming up small in big moments. Um, I don't know if we can blame that on the organization because you're right about Mikael Bridges. Um, you're right about letting Jimmy Butler go and keeping Tobias Harris over the fact. But they went out and got pieces that we all thought were the perfect complement to Embiid to get them to that second level. Yeah, um, we did. Um, and you're right. At in, in hindsight, we were all in favor of it. But I think this is where an astute front office person does a little bit more homework and realizes that Ben Simmons doesn't have what it takes ultimately. Now you, I, can't, I, you can't see that though. You can't see that when you draft him yeah, because everything's you, on a positive. You know what? I think we all turned a blind eye. I watched the documentary on him and his family, and he was all about the money, man. He was all about the money, and that that was a bit of a sign here but that we all missed, including me. Um, I, the one I don't blame him for is Markel Fultz. He appeared to be a good compliment yes. to Ben yep. Simmons, and I, the guy forgot how to shoot. I don't know what happened there. That one's still a mystery to me. Uh, bringing in uh, Brian Colangelo. You know, it was a disaster. Him and his burner accounts. There, you know, there was just a lot of mistakes made over the years. Doc Rivers, I don't think, was the right hire as a head coach. You know, just a lot of things that went on. Um, and I'm definitely look. I understand it's an inexact science when you draft, but they've missed on too many draft picks. Uh, Jaleel Okafor, uh, Nerlens Noel, 
Markel Fultz, Ben Simmons, none of them worked out. The only one you really have left from the process is Embiid. And then, you know, trading away Butler because he didn't necessarily get along with Brett Brown and, and Ben Simmons didn't like him. It was a massive mistake and Embiid's still pissed about it. Um, you know, it, there's just been too many mistakes. It, it, it Look, it's frustrating because the Sixers, you felt like we're really on the brink. The Flyers, man, they got one run in 2010 and that's it for a really long time. They've been awful right. for so long. Right, and, right. And it's going to take a while for the Flyers, which means neither of these teams, I think, is winning at any any in the near future. Uh, you're right, but you said you said your question was who has the better chance, and I had to say the Flyers. I agree with you. I think it is the Flyers. I agree with you. Yeah, and, I, and I, you, I agree with Mood Swing Bella. Like she she was she wasn't happy. Not everybody was happy with the Harden thing. I, I get it. I get it. Oh, okay, it is. But, it's tough. But, but but people were also elated when they hired Doc Rivers, knowing his history. Think about it. You know, when they let Brett Brown go and brought in Doc Rivers, people were people were hallelujah. You know, Doc, yeah. Doc Rivers, he won a championship in Boston. He's a good coach. Look at his winning percentage. Now, and, and, and along with that, we know how he failed with the Clippers, but he's coming here to coach Joel Embiid, former NBA player, NBA champion as a player and a coach. Hallelujah. Doc Rivers is a breath of fresh air. That that marriage didn't last very long, did it? No. But see, you can't foresee these things. We, we think in terms of something, there's got to be a better improvement out there. And on the surface, from you're right, the, the process was a mess. But they got it right with Joel, and all you had to do was surround him with the right pieces, and we all thought they were doing that. And then we see the end results, how it bottomed out. And, and I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying yeah. – you know, when you look at the bigger perspective, there are a lot of things you can't foresee in the future in terms of who you bring in in terms of a player or or a coach or a front office person, you know, uh, because for much of that process, Morey wasn't here for that. Right. You know, so we do put a certain part of the onus on him in terms of what his limited history has been here in Philadelphia as we look at it in hindsight now. But it, it's a double-edged sword because we thought they were moving in the right direction until the end result. Yeah, yeah, I, I, it's it is fascinating, uh, you know, to think about though. That's for sure. All right, when we come back, Derek, we will set our sights on the birds. Uh, we'll look at the implementation of Kevin Byard, the defensive growth that we've seen, AJ Brown tearing it up, and we'll look back at Week Four against Washington and how that game exactly went down. We'll get a little bit more insight into the Commanders uh, when we come back. So we will do that uh, when we return. But right now, I want to tell you about the good folks. At Bravo Pizza of Havertown. Yes, we are thrilled that they are a part of this uh, of this channel, of the show, the whole nine. And Bravo Pizza of Havertown, just flat out awesome people. Family owned since 1985. I've been going there since I was a kid. All kinds of great food uh, daily, 20 different styles of pizza. Slices to go. I get the grandma. Uh, but they have the you name it, they'll make it specialized pizza your way. And they don't just have pizza. They have fresh pasta. They have sandwiches, they have wings, they have wraps. Uh, Bravo Pizza is also committed to the community. Uh, they have fundraisers for charities, for schools, for little leagues, where the proceeds go to those organizations. You could follow them at the Bravo Pizza of, at the Bravo Pizza of on Facebook and Instagram for daily specials and promotions. They're at 1305 Westchester Pike, Manoa Shopping Center, Havertown, 1305 Westchester Pike, Manoa Shopping Center, Havertown. Give them a call right now, 610-446-3810, 610 610- 446-3810. Bravo Pizza of Havertown.
I remember getting my heart broken when they lost the Super Bowl in 2004. We were big Eagles fans. We moved to South Philly because of the Eagles. When they won, we went straight to Broad Street and uh, everybody was going nuts over there and it was just a, a memory that you'll never forget. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community, at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. So Good Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Welcome back in, everybody. Thanks for hanging out. Sports Take. Jacob Sports YouTube Network. D-Gun. Rob Ellis. Let's hit the like button if you could, friends. All right, um, Eagles, Derek. A couple things. It seems like you know Nick Sirianni wasn't really um, trying to evade the question. It, it sounds like Kevin Byard's going to play a ton uh, this weekend, and rightfully so. And I'm glad. <laughs> you know, uh, when you delete Terrell Edmonds and you bring in somebody like that, you want him to play now. Yeah. Um, obviously, his durability is not in question. 
his experience and his um, accolades that uh, come with him are highly coveted. You put him back there, and I saw where Reed Blankenship was a full participant in practice yesterday. So you got Bradbury and Slay in the corners. You got Byard along with Blankenship. That's a, that's a complete secondary. That secondary now looks a whole lot better. And you can still sprinkle it. You know, Sidney Brown is, is healthy again. Um, you got Joe. Keely Ringo, you know, hasn't waited his turn yet. Uh, you know, Eli Ricks is, is going to get a few, you know, going to spell some people here and there. I, I like the experience now back there with the youth rotation. The young guys have had to get some experience out of necessity, and they've held up fairly decent mm-hmm. for young guys who are still learning their way in the NFL. Now you add a, a guy like Byard back there who's an every-down player. You're not taking him or Blankenship out if, if Blankenship's healthy. That's that's a really good secondary now to go along with that the, uh, rotation of different defensive front people there. Um, we, we we thought the back end, and we saw the back end of the defense being somewhat of a sieve at times right. on the passing game. I think Byard being back there helps solidify that in a big big way. I agree with you. Look, I, I agree. With you. I, I think we're going to see him a lot. I think he'll be implemented quickly. He's a smart guy. Deshaun Desai is a smart guy. They will make this thing work. I think we'll see him in there. But let, let's let's follow up here on what's happening with this defense, uh, Gunner. So basically allowed 10 points to the Dolphins last week. The previous yeah. week, 12 points to the Jets. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't see this coming, especially with the injuries. Um, this has been on the heels of them losing some guys on the defensive side for sure. But I think we're seeing the pass rush affect other teams in a big way. The ability to stop the run, which they, they're the best team in football at, is affecting teams in a very positive way for the Eagles. And credit, where credit's due, the young guys are coming on. They really are. Eli Ricks, th- these guys are coming on and starting to hold their own here against really good competition. And, you know, they're, they're going to get a guy this week who always gives the Eagles fits in, in Terry McLaurin. But it's not just McLaurin. Yes. It's it's yeah. you know Debo uh, Brown had a good game against them last time. So yes, he did. we'll find out you know more because this team put up thirty one points on the Eagles the, the last time they played. Uh, no question about it. It's a division game. You can throw all the analytics out of division games because you know there's always the unexpected that's going to occur. Um, to me, Washington has played worse since they met the Eagles earlier in the season. Um, they got in-house grumbling. They have a lot of things to work on. Um, you know, young Sam Howell played well against them. You know, question about it. I was surprised, to be honest with you, when you when you consider that Washington offensive line, I was surprised, even though Sam Howell ran for 40 yards, that Washington was able to run for 100 yards on this Eagles defense, Yeah, to be honest with you. You know, um, it didn't kill them, but it was effective enough. The, the, their running game was effective enough to allow them to open things up in their passing game. You know, and in that game, Sam Howell completed passes to nine different receivers, you know. So he spread the worth, uh, spread the wealth in a lot of ways. Um, A.J. Brown had a monster game against them. I expect that to be the case again this week. Um, I think they can run on, on, on Washington. It won't be easy because that's one area Washington's defense has shined in terms of, of run defense. Um, but I, there's no way I see the Eagles losing this game. Washington has Washington has too much going against it. They've lost four of their last five. They've given up big chunks of, re, of, of points, except to the Giants. Um, they've given up a lot of points. Um, it looks like their offensive line is getting worse instead of better. 
um, unless some major, major uh, injuries occur on the Eagles, I can't see Washington winning this game. I really yeah. can't. Yeah. Yeah. I look, I, I got you. Uh, I don't, I don't either. Um, you worry in any way, shape or form about them coming off a big win over the Dolphins and, and the Cowboys on deck? Nope. Nope. Yeah. This team, this team's too smart. Team's too smart. They understand it's a week-to-week process. They get it. I think this is the most one of the most focused teams in the NFL. They take nothing for granted. What they did the past week is behind them. They celebrate it. They enjoy it for 24 hours. Now it's time to move on. They're very meticulous when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. And they will tell you, as good as they are, you can look what happened against the Jets. That's just a reminder. You cannot afford to look past anybody. Mm-hmm. You can't. That's the beast in the National Football League. The lesser teams bite up and bite good teams at any given moment. You know, it just happens. You know, look at look look through the first seven weeks of the NFL and look at some of the shockers we've seen across the board in the NFL. There's no way they'd look past Washington, even though it's back-to-back division games. Yeah, Dallas will get here when Dallas gets here. That's the way they're going to look at this thing. Yeah, and, and that's just the that's just who they are under Nick Sirianni too. Like yes. there's just there's not a look ahead. Honestly, there's just, they just don't do it. They're prepared every single week. Uh, there's some great stuff from Jalen Hurts when he was mic'd up, you know, basically saying, hey, they're all going to be praising us after we we knocked off the Dolphins. You know, we, we, we know not to, you know, buy in any of that. Like, it's just he's so locked in. It's it's just awesome. He's always, always on point uh, with that stuff. Look, we've talked a lot about it, Derek, what A.J. Brown's doing. He had a big game against Washington last time. So, A.J., um, Against Washington last time around, nine catches, 175 yards, a couple of touchdowns. Season, uh, 52 catches, 809 yards, 15.6 average. Def- the offensive player of the week in the NFC, you know, he's averaging 115 yards per game. Uh-huh. That's, uh-huh. You know, it's a it's a pretty pretty healthy number uh, every yeah. single week. It's hard to do. Um, you know, if you look at that 15.6, you prorated over 17. That's a, that's a lot. <laughs> It's a lot of yards, man. A lot of yards. Um, uh, it, we he, this would go down if he doesn't get hurt as the greatest offensive season in a, in an Eagles wide receiver by an Eagles wide receiver in history, like yeah. by far. Yep, no question. Um, I, I look at AJ Brown. AJ Brown's going to feast this Sunday. Yeah, you know, and yep. there's nothing that Washington secondary can do about it. You know, uh, no matter how they try to scheme him, he's going to feast on that defense. You know, um. Now that we've seen Dallas Goddard for two games now, you know, more implemented into the offense, how does he figure into it? Because I don't think Washington has a linebacker that can stay with Goddard, you know. Uh, Devontae Smith is going to get his. This 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 Washington defense is going to be reeling. It's going to be on his heels. Um, and, you know, I wouldn't be surprised the Eagles win this game by at least 10 points, to be honest. It's a division game. There's going to be some moments that are going to be interesting in this game. But I think – when you look at the quarterback's been sacked 40 times already this year. Um, and, I, and we can't emphasize this enough in-house grumbling. They're ticked off. Now, one or two things is going to happen. They're going to Washington is going to be ticked off to the point where they could give the Eagles another game like they did in the past. Or if the Eagles jump out on them early, let's say by 14 points or so, Washington is going to start unraveling and then it's lights out, you know, yeah, Washington team shows up. If I'm Washington, I'm thinking, look, as bad as it is for us right now, we took this Eagles team to overtime before they they won that game. We were right there with them. 
we can do it again if we just focus on playing football. Doesn't yeah. mean they're going to win, but we can give them, we can give them heck all the way to the end, and let's see what happens from in there. All right, Jack Del Rio on the tush push. Quote, they do it better than anyone else in the league right now. We'll take our shot at it. We hope to keep them out of those situations. The less tush push or whatever the heck it is that we line up against, the better. He has been a a, a vocal uh, detractor of it. Doesn't think it's a football play. And has said repeatedly it should be banned from football. So uh, we, we shall see. Like Here's what I don't think happens. I don't think Sam Howell goes 29 to 41, 290 yards, a touchdown. No interceptions, 98.6 passer rating. I don't see that happening. And I, I think five sacks that they got the last time is about right. Yeah, I, I, agree. I think they're going to get to them a lot in this. If game. the over under is at five, I believe I believe they may exceed the five. To be honest, you know, to be honest, I, I think they're coming. They realize uh, whatever whatever the Giants did, Eagles can do better. Yeah, so, Giants held that team to seven points. Eagles have much better personnel across the board. So, so whatever the Giants did did, did against them, um, Sean Desai, Matt Patricia, defensive coaches have to say, look, if the Giants could do this, and we we even do something similar to what the Giants did, we got this game in the bag. Yeah. Now they're never going to come out and say that, but it's it's true. I mean, they sacked Howell six times, they held Washington to seventy eight yards rushing, seventy six yards rushing. McLaurin had six catches for 90 yards. Okay. You know, you, Terry McLaurin is going to get his. It's just, he's that good of a player. I agree. He's a contain, not shut down. You just hope exactly. he doesn't kill you. That's it. Exactly. You know, he's going to get his. But the rest of that offense, we can control Logan Thomas, Johan Dotson, Curtis Samuel. We can control them. You know, Curtis Samuel had four catches for only 20, 25 yards. You know, uh, Dotson had five catches for 43. Logan Thomas, four catches for 51. We can control the rest of that offense. We can we 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 can take that. We can take care of that. You know, Sam Howell had zero touchdowns and one interception in that game. Tyrod Taylor, Tyrod Taylor threw for two hundred seventy nine yards on that Washington defense. Tyrod Taylor, you know. So we have Jalen Hurts. We have two thousand yard receivers. We have one of the shiftiest running backs. We what? We have one of the top three to four tight ends in a game today. Should be academic. Now you got to play the game, obviously, but should, should be. be academic. Yeah, and when you think about um, this, is interesting. So uh, PFF, who does a lot, of, you know, puts out a lot of different, you know, lists on things. Um, put out a list about the top three um, defensive tackles in football. Okay, the greatest. Hop, this is not rookie or anything like that in the NFC East. Excuse me. Mm. Jalen Carter's number one at a 91.3. Dexter Carter's number two at 90.6. And uh, Osa, oh boy, uh, I, I, here we go, the pronunciations. Yeah. <laughs> Odazuma. I'm sure I got it wrong. 89.7. Good but job. Jalen Carter's number one in that, in the whole, in the NFC East as a rookie. That's pretty awesome. I'm I'm surprised there um those defensive linemen you mentioned um same same again the the three no no three. no 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 good try I I know exactly what you're up to <laughs> good try uh uh-uh. uh I'm not biting I'm not one of your fish okay <laughs> no way 
Uh, you are sneaky, man. Not even, not even close. Am I trying that? The Dallas player. I'm I'm honestly surprised one of the Washington D D linemen was not on there. I thought this. Yeah, where are Payne and Allen? Like, yeah. You know, Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, neither one of them. I was surprised too. I'm shocked. Yeah. You know, but let's face it. The the, the NFC East has some of the best D linemen in the game. There's no Mm -hmm. question about that. Mm -hmm. You know. That's one thing I'll give them credit for, and and they shine each and every week in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, they um, that's why when it comes to trench warfare, you know, and and I'm already looking ahead. I hate to do this. I'm I already looking. I'm already looking ahead towards that Dallas game because oh, I want to see this Eagles offensive line uh-huh. against that speed that speed rush of Dallas's. You know, and let's face it, Dallas Dallas is a speed rush defense. You know, they're susceptible on the back end, but man, those those front guys they're active and they come after you. Yeah, yeah, they 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 do. They do. Dallas is uh Dallas takes on the Rams at home this week. That's who they have. And then of course the the game you're referencing, which is week nine, that's at the Eagles at 425. That's the biggie. That's next week. Man. 425. Ah. That's uh, look at this point, man. I'll take a 425. It's better than a night game. That's that's the way I view it. I'm trying I'm trying to be positive, D gun. Okay. I know, I know. And I and, and, you know, somebody mentioned in the chat, and you're right. They do have another one o'clock game coming up against that could get flexed. They better not flex that game. There's no need to flex that game. I don't think it will, but it could get flexed. I don't think it will. Why would they put the Eagles against the worst team in the NFC? Well, maybe second. The only only reason it would have any meaning is if the Eagles are trying to get home field or something like that. It's seeding is the only thing. Arizona is going to be way out of it. It, It's going to come down to. It, it's not going to happen. There's going to be too many, too many other attractive matchups that they're going to. Yeah, there's too on. many other big matchups. I agree. And as much as much as the networks like to show the Eagles, that game means nothing. Well, it might. It might you're right. It might in terms of division jockeying for a position. Right. But the matchup itself is a dud. It's a dud. It's a dud. And nobody, nobody nationally cares about Jonathan Gannon taking on the Eagle. Who cares? Yeah. We, we, we it's a something in, here. Nobody cares nationally. Yeah. The, the one in 14 Arizona Cardinals against no. the, you know, double digit win Eagles. No. Thought, no. I, I Look, I agree. I think we're fine there. I think we're fine with that one. Uh, and that, last sure. game of the se- that last game of the season could be a one o'clock game also. Could be. Yeah. That's a TBD. They don't even have a time in for that one yet. Yeah. And that that might not mean anything either. Like I think the Giants are going to be out of it, but again, it could. Eagles may have to win it to to get a one seed or or something like that. Like that's right, the only right. only scenario. Uh, the other guy, interestingly enough, who had a big game against Washington last time, Nick Morrow. I mean, he yes. might have the game of his career. He had three sacks and eleven tackles in that game. Yes, yes. I don't see that happening again. But props to him; he played very well. Uh, you know what? I expect him to play well. I expect Cunningham to play well when he gets in there. I expect the Eagles across the board to play well. I I don't think I don't think we'll be sitting here with our mouths hanging open on Monday. Uh, a, a, another uh, Jets repeat, you know. I don't see the Eagles coughing up the ball like that, like they did against the Jets, yeah. or like they did against Washington last year. Um, this coaching staff is very good at bringing up points uh, to something that may have happened recently or the last time we played them. You know, let's go back to last season. Sirianni loves to put these video montages together of, of, of things that happened. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if he puts one together of what they did wrong against Washington and or how close Washington played them the first time this season. Mm-hmm. I don't put that past Sirianni. He's known for these inspirational videos that he shows his players. 
he always has a pretty good feel for those. Like yeah. I, there was one point where he felt like they had to lighten the mood up a little bit. And he showed the guys in high school, he was showing like Britton Covey as a quarterback and, and whatever the guy's got a kick out of it. No, he's got yeah. a good sense for that. Yeah. Um, the, so a couple other, uh, you know, Josh Sweat's another one who deserves some love here for the way that he is, he's playing so far. I mean, I think he's playing at a pro bowl level um, so far. He's been absolutely awesome for them and, and deserves a lot of credit for what's going on. Like the interior guys are, are, are making a massive impact, but with Sweat and Reddick on opposing sides, that's a nightmare for defensive coordinators. Yeah. Yes. Um, I love the fact that you can't you can't overplay one side of this Eagles defensive line. You know, usually you look at Kansas City. They start with they started in with trying to find out where Chris Jones is every down. Mm-hmm. With the Eagles across the board, Josh Sweat having a good year. Reddick is starting to really come on after he got that cast off his hand. Those two D tackles are collapsing offensive lines left and right. Yeah, You have to play man up, straight up. You can't cheat. There's no cheat sheet for this Eagles D line. Right. You can bring in Brandon Graham uh, sporadically. You still have Fletcher Cox to deal with. You know, um, across the board, this defensive line is a nightmare. You know, they are so disruptive in terms of not allowing quarterbacks for the most part to just stand back there and, and, and look down the field until one of their receivers frees himself up. I wish you could have the percentage of how many times opposing quarterbacks stand in the pocket and throw compared to how many times they have to move and throw. You know, watch watch that closely in this game Sunday. How often Sam Howell stands back in the pocket. Unless they shorten up the passing routes, one, two, three, throw. Look how many times Sam Howell will have to move uh, outside of that pocket to, to, to get the ball out of his hands. Or the Eagles defense forces him to get rid of the ball sooner than he wants because of the constant pressure up front. Well, That's- I mean, that, you're right, Derek. And that's the thing. What do you take away? Like if you're, if you're going to key on trying to, to protect the edges, man, you know, you, you're it, it, the, the interior guys are going to kill you. Right. And vice versa. Absolutely. That, that's the, that's the great thing about what's going on with these guys. And I, I, again, I'm really impressed, happy that the yeah. defense has come on the way that it's come on. And I, and I think, the side deserves a lot of credit there for that because he had, we talked about it earlier in the week he had tough it, it was a tough little thing like he had a lot of good pieces in place but he had a lot of new personnel to deal with too yes yeah that's a hard thing and you, and you're also incorporating young guys in there talented young guys which like Jalen Carter but also young guys who were undrafted and you didn't expect these guys to be playing you thought some of these you know defensive backs would be on the practice squad frankly and so, integrating integrating all those coaches. You've got to yeah. integrate a lot of coaches as well to get them on the same page as you. You know, um, you know, if these coaches come in learning how to coach a certain way. And when you have a new coordinator you're, you're working with, you have to adapt because he has visions of how he wants his guys to attack up front, how he wants his linebackers to play, how he wants the umbrella at the back end of his defense. So position coaches have to alter their mindset also. That takes time, and it's coming together nicely for this team. Is it a finished product? No. The fact that they're going in Kevin Byard helps them become a more complete defense. Yes. Yep. Yeah, it does. It's a, it's a big move for a big-time player who absolutely, you know, it, I, I he said today, he said, or it was yesterday, I think he said it. He said it was pretty cool waking up to being 6-1. and one. You know, he he went from mediocrity in Tennessee to all of a sudden having a shot, and that, that can – reinvigorate guys man just 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 be a game changer for them attitude wise and outlook not that he was a you know not a guy who was dialed in 
but that really helps in a big way. Oh, Metal. oh there's, no, there's no question about it. No question. That's that's a great point by you. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what goes on there uh, with him. I, I Again, I think he's going to get a lot of reps. I, I'm, I'm curious to see, you know, how this works with him incorporating some of the young guys. I thought it was good getting Sidney Brown last week, obviously. Um, but, you know, the safety spot is an interesting one, and it has been an interesting one. You get Blankenship back. You really should be at your best here at the safety spot. You're going to have – Reed was a full participant in practice yesterday yep. and Bayard now, and you're slowly but surely getting healthy too. If you think about it, the 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 injuries last yesterday. I pull up the uh, what the Eagles put out there, which is always good to get those updates um, from them. But the injury report yesterday, Derek, this this is really good. Only one that did not practice is Bradley Roby. Yep. Uh, Milton Williams is limited with the heel, and Reed Blankenship was a full participant. That's it. That's the total injury list right there. That's that's encouraging. When was the last time we saw that? I can't remember. It's been a while. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, uh, you're getting healthy. You got you've got Washington coming up. You've got Dallas coming up, and then you get a breather to really rest up some people and get them ready for what's coming up after that in Kansas City, Buffalo, Seattle, you know, so on and so forth. So you know, uh, another another week and a half to navigate, uh, and hopefully now this this Washington game, division game, Dallas game, division game, it's going to be physical. Yeah, because is. there's a lot of state. Dallas is right on the heels of the Eagles. Can you imagine if Dallas somehow, somebody found a way to pull that game out? They're even with the Eagles. Right. The Eagles got to go to a bye week, you know, licking their wounds from that game. You know, the good thing is that game is in Philly, if, uh, correct? That first Dallas meeting is in Philly. Correct. So that, yep. that's huge. That place is going to be electric. No question about it. You know, um, can they finally overcome this Dak Prescott mystique? Dak can play mediocre against everybody else, plays like a pro bowler against the Eagles. You know, for whatever it's true. reason. It's, it's very unbelievable. true. Unbelievable. Yeah, very true. You, you see this happen in sports with teams and individuals. Some teams, some individuals rise um, against certain opponents, whereas they play mediocre against everybody else. For Dak, it's always the Eagles. What mm-hmm. is he like, 8-3 against the Eagles or something like that? Yeah, I think that's what it is. Yeah, so and you look at the numbers he put up against them down in Dallas last year. You know, um, so uh, you you've got to be on your point. That's why I say the Eagles they won't they won't overlook anybody. They can't afford to. They know that as good as they are, they know that they know who's behind them. They're looking around. Okay, San Francisco's now behind us. Detroit is now behind us. They know it's at stake. Every yeah. week is, is I hate to say this, but every week for these better teams is a must win situation. It I is. Agree. I agree with you. All right, let's get a timeout here, uh, D-Gun, and let's come back, uh, and we will talk to Keith Pompey. Keith's going to give us the latest on what's happening with the Sixers, Harden update, season preview, uh, outlook, Nick Nurse taking this thing over. There's a, a lot of intriguing questions regarding the Sixers, and we'll dive into all of them with Keith when we come back. Uh, we'll do blocks here, Tone, so I appreciate everybody hanging with us. I want to tell you about Blocks, yes, uh, blocks, B-L-O-C-S. Did you know that you could spend your PA tax dollars more efficiently? You can fund a scholarship for a student in need and get a 90% tax credit refund. Yes, Blocks is the largest scholarship organization in Pennsylvania, raised $110 million in scholarship dollars last year, all awarded to families who qualify for tuition assistance. Yes, uh, award more than 17,000 need-based scholarships annually. You can direct your scholarship donation to any private or Catholic school in Pennsylvania. Participation in the program is simple, takes only a few minutes. Send your check to blocks 
and they do the rest. It's that simple. Blocks, B-L-O-C-S dot org slash tax credit. Yes, blocks. 99% of the graduation, other scholarship recipients compared to 64% of a graduation rate for Philadelphia public schools. 96 cents of every dollar raised by blocks goes directly into the hands of a family who qualifies for tuition assistance and can only be used for scholarships and tuition. We'll be right back. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Where it's needed to most to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community, at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. So Good Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you at Rafferty Subaru. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. All right, we're back. We are Sports Day, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. 
Sixers open their season tonight in Milwaukee. Yes, against the Bucks should be an interesting game. Certainly Milwaukee, one of those teams that a lot of folks having uh, potentially win the NBA title, not just the uh, coming out of the Eastern Conference. And joining us right now to talk some Sixers, because there's always a lot going on with the Sixers, that's for sure. You can follow him on Twitter slash X at Pompeii on Sixers. And he is the Sixers beat writer for the Philadelphia Inquirer. You can also see his work at uh, Inquirer.com. Keith Pompey. What's up, Keith? I gave you a little like Matt Corey. Hey. Keith Pompey. Hey, what's up? How y'all doing? Y'all what's well? By, by the way, f- tremendous artwork in your hotel room, man. Behind oh, you. thanks. Unbelievable. Is that, you, I mean, you, you got to think D-Gun is you paint the Milwaukee stuff up and hang it up, Keith? <laughs> right. what's going on? You know what? I called ahead of time, talked to my people. I said, hey, I got my boy Keith coming to my hometown. Y'all need to take care of it. Oh, yeah. You know what? And I really like this. The people here are really nice, too, man, because, like, you come here and, um, you know, like the cheese and all that stuff. Like last time I came, they had all the cheese and everything in the in the room waiting for me. Wow. I was like, yo, OK, OK. <laughs> so we like the Milwaukee trip. OK, I got you. I mean, it's, you know, it's, I mean, they're hospitable. Let's just say that way. They're really yeah, nice. I got you. Know, nice I got you. Hey, hey, Keith, I want you to emphasize that because I've been trying to explain to Robin. I brought it up earlier this week. We Midwesterners are good down home folk that just loves to make you feel hospitable when you come to our town. See, that's just the way we are in the Midwest. And I think people on the East Coast could learn something from Midwest. Keith, you should have never said that, man. Yeah, now, you know what? I'm, I'm, I got to make y'all laugh this, though, Rob. So right. I'm just going to tell you this. So um, <laughs> I lived down south for 10 years. Yeah. Right? So I lived down there for 10 years. I remember when I first went down there, it was one of those things where I go to the grocery store, my aunt was speaking to everyone. I was like, do you know this person? Do you know that person? <laughs> so then it's like, you know, she's like, no, no. So then when I came back to Philly, it was like, hey, how you doing? How you doing? And everybody's, and everybody's like, crazy. Yeah, I don't know you. Yeah. Well, I'm back home again. But it was, it was, it's just a completely different vibe. Yeah. Like, yes. you know I mean, it's like, it's good. It's a good change us, of pace. Like, get yeah. out the way. <laughs> yeah. so, yeah. Southern hospitality, Midwestern hospitality is well known. It's, di- it's just different. Yeah. It's different. It's yeah. Different. It's just different. And you're right. When you come from certain areas and it's like, man, this is a little uncomfortable, man. People want to talk, find out where yeah. you're from, get to know you. But then all of a sudden you embrace it because it's like a breath of fresh air. Yeah. Like when you when you speak to people in Philly sometimes back in the day, they thought you were trying to rob them. Or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Why do you want to know that? Yeah. Yeah. You trying to get information yeah. out of me? Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, man. oh, my God. All right. Well, people, I got I got to start with this, man. Like the, the whole Harden thing the last couple of days you know, just when you think it can't get weirder. So he does show up with the intent of, of making the trip here to Milwaukee, you know, and then, and then Toronto. Um, but then the Sixers say, no, we'd rather you stay home, continue to train, whatever the terminology they used for him. Is it true? Did he show up like basically with his bags at the airport, ready to roll? Like what, I, yeah. walk me through the whole thing, how it went. Well, you know, and, and that's what, you know, J, you know, John Clark had that. So I, you know, I give John the utmost respect, yeah. but yeah. And you know, John always gets everything. Mr. Went, airport, Johnny airport, yeah, Mr. Yeah. airport. But yeah. yeah, I mean, that's what, that's what I'm hearing. You know, wow. like, you know what I mean? He, they, you know, that's what John said. Now, again, um, it, it, it's, it's one of those things and, and you have to, yeah, if it's true, you know, you got to commend the Sixers because, you know, James Harden is a guy and and I get it. You know, he wants to do what he what he normally does, but he's a guy that's used to getting his way. Right. And, you know, uh, props to, 
the Sixers props to uh, Nick Nurse for saying, no, like, look, we have rules here and you have to abide by it, you know? So, you know, I got to commend them because, you know, James is, as most superstars are, they do whatever they want. Mm. Keith, what in his right mind would make him think that the Sixers were going to allow him to get on that flight? Number one, he left Colorado without notification. And then they said it went from being unexcused practice to excused. I would I would assume that was to appease him and to douse another potential fire. But the fact that the man hasn't practiced with the team for 10 days with a new head coach and trying to implement his new scheme, you're just going to walk on a plane. What is that saying to the other players if they would allow that? You know, it, it's, you know, unfortunately, un, unfortunately, like, things like this happen all the time. I shouldn't say this example, but things like this happen all the time where your superstar players get to do whatever they want. Like, yeah, you'll say they're not going to do it, but they still show up. But typically that happens because the team still wants them, right? They still want to like sign you to another contract. So to me, what it more says to not the players, because they're used to James getting his own way and doing what he wants to do. What does it say to James? Because it says to James that like, yo partner, like this is different. You're not that guy who can do what he wants to um, again. But as if for the team, what it may say is like, all right, well, they're, they're treating everybody the same because I mean, you know, you think about it, there, there's been times and, you know, it's been, you know, throughout James career, Houston and Philly, like the team will fly someplace or the team would be somewhere and James would go home and then, and then be away on the off day and then meet the team in, in said city. So basically this is saying like, nah, we're not doing that anymore. And I think more so than the teammates, it might be more um, uh, hurtful to James that like, yo, I don't have this power anymore. Like mm-hmm. I was able to do whatever I wanted. So that's the real thing. So, so that said, Keith, um, does he play in Sunday night here? I mean, does he ever suit up for the Sixers again in your estimation? I, I mean, where do you think this goes? You know, only if he, if assuming if he, if he plays Sunday night, and I doubt it, because like you don't get mysteriously get back in shape in 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 two days, right? Yeah, you, yeah. you don't. And and like let's be honest, this is the NBA. Like they they say they got state of the art stuff. Well, I'm pretty sure they can go somewhere here and go and, and get a state-of-the-art workout. They can use the, the Milwaukee Bucks. But I don't think he plays. I don't think he plays on Sunday because, you know, you're not going to mysteriously get in shape like that. And also I think it's a, it's a bigger issue, right? It's a bigger issue. In regards to him playing, um, now if he did play on Sunday, I think that we'll probably see a trade on Tuesday. Right. You know what I mean? It would be one of those things where somebody would want to see what he can do. But but nah, I I, I don't see it. I I mean, I think it's going to take a minute because if you think about it, he didn't play in the preseason. Why? Because he wanted to ramp up. They wanted to ramp up his conditioning. Now, all of a sudden, these games are real and you can become a major distraction. Nah, I don't see them trying to, you know, do that. I, I think I mean, who knows? They can. But I think that this has to be something you have to be careful about. Because I think about this, y'all. Up until two days ago, 
it was the Eagles and the Phillies taking all the headlines. Yep. But the Phillies are gone now. Yep. So now it's kind of like if he really wants to be a distraction, he will be a distraction. He will be a distraction. Mm-hmm. Keith, Keith, in the perfect world, let's say James Harden was in basketball shape. Wouldn't it be wouldn't it be a smarter move by the organization if you if you are forced to play him, even if you're showcasing him for a potential other suitor to put him in on a road game instead of a home game? Because, you know, soon as he steps on that court, the booze will rain down and the other players around. They don't need they don't want that. They don't need that distraction. True. But but the only thing is, I wouldn't do it this one. Because, see, I mean, it makes a lot of sense, though, what you're saying. Right. But I wouldn't do it this one, A, because, you know what I mean, it's, it's one of those things, you're going to Milwaukee, you know, you it's, it's going to be, you know, the Bucks are expected to win the chip, right? It's going to be on national TV game. So if we're talking about a distraction, it's like it, every, all eyes, the cameras, everyone's going to be focused on James. What is James going to do? It's going to be kind of sort of like when Ben Simmons came back to – um, the Wells Fargo Center for the first time, the time he didn't play, but everyone was outside of the hotel. And I think that right now Nick Nurse wants to make it as simple as possible. But, yeah, I do agree. Later on, that might be the best bet. I mean, it, it may be. And who knows, James may prefer that because you're right. He's going to get a lot of boos. And, you know, I, I think that the consensus amongst the fans are, for the most part, like they're just tired of it. They want him to go. Yeah, I, I think it's a good way to assess it. Um, all right, Nick Nick Nurse. Uh, it's kind of lost in all this is the fact they have a new head coach here. Um, I'm sure it had to be a bit of a challenge for him navigating this thing with Harden, but I think he probably prepared more like they weren't going to have him. What, what are we going to see here, Keith? What in terms? He's always been a guy who's been kind of a uh, a chameleon, able to to you know kind of change up to what personnel he has. How do you think he goes about it with this team that he has with the Sixers? What's the system going to be? You know, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what he does. It's going to be free-flowing. You know, you're going to see stuff. You're going to see times in the game where, you know, Joel Embiid is going to be wide open, and, and, and so is someone else who has the ball, and that person is going to jack the shot up and hit a three, right, or do something like that. Uh, it, it's, it's going to be, um, you know, just more free-flowing. Tobias Harris is going to get more touches. You know, Tyrese Maxey is going to attack. He's going to be more of a distributor. Um, I, I expect to see, like, DeAnthony Melton take a, a, a more involved role. And and Joel is going to, you know, just do less, um, which could end up being more for them. You know what I mean? He, he'll be more of a defensive presence. He'll be down there trying to get rebounds, more rebounds on things like that. So I, I feel like that's the offense we're going to see. And, and the one thing, and not, not to um, keep talking about it, but when you look at it, you'll say to yourself initially, like, why would a coach do that? And the guy who was the MVP, two-time scoring champion. Well, the reason it is because that offense doesn't work in the playoffs, right? Nobody gets involved. Joel's stats um, in the playoffs traditionally are lower than what they are in the regular season. He gets injured at times and you have no other options. And I feel like this is going to help the Sixers more so long-term, although Joel's numbers are most likely going to take a hit. You you were talking about Tyrese Maxey a few moments ago. First of all, I'm assuming he's playing the point now. Yeah, yeah. But do you think think he can make that transition to the point? Do you think he's a a true point guard? 
I do not think he's a true point guard. I don't. I, I think that, you know, the, the thing about Tyrese, and, and this is going to be a, a major, um, not just today, but, you know, the first 15 or so games, it's going to be an eye-opener for us. I mean, and we're, we're going to find out a lot about that. You know, I, I look at Tyrese, and and I, you know, and, and I'm not comparing him to this guy, but he's more a little bit similar in the long, along the lines of a Dwayne Wade. Like I look at him as a smaller two guard. So you look at him and you say to yourself, oh, he should be a point guard. No, he's a scoring guard. He's a guard who gets the ball out in space. Now, the one thing I will say is that he does look better in the pick and rolls. He does look better getting guys involved. But the the, the caution to all that is that was the preseason, right? So you're going to see how guys are going to blitz them and defend them differently. But in my eyes, when you look at Tyrese, he's a scorer. He gets to the rim. You know, I, I feel like sometimes you may be wasting his skill set when you're asking him to get other people involved. That's a great point. That is a really interesting point. Of the newcomers, Keith, uh, Beverly, uh, Oubre, I- I'll throw Springer in there, even though he's not necessarily a newcomer. You expect any of them to be major contributors here? Um, and in what role? Oh, the one who I think I think Jaden, you know, a lot of people are like saying, oh, he's going to be this. He's going to be that. I think he's going to be a rotation guy. I think he's going to be the type of guy who at the end of the day, you look at the stat sheet and you're saying, well, he didn't do much. But then when you go in the locker room, people are like, oh, man, did you see what he did? Did you did that, that recognition he did? Oh, he was a selfish, a self selfless player. Right. So I feel like that's going to be the thing. We can't really quantify his um, importance to the team, like in statistics. But a person who I feel like is going to be the man for them or who has a possibility to be the man for him off the bench is going to be Kelly Oubre Jr. Right. I feel like that, you know, Kelly is a guy who's his role. He's going to come in. He's going to get on buckets. He's going to do a lot of different things. And, you know, he's the type of guy that you can argue, you know, if, if you wanted to tinker the starting lineup, he could start, right? Mm-hmm. But he's also that guy that you look at that he's better suited for the Sixers coming off the bench because guess what? His role when people are out are to go get buckets, and that's what he likes doing. So I feel like Kelly Oubre, a guy who basically had to settle for the minimum because he didn't have any any other offers, is going to be motivated this year. And he's going to be fired up um, to, to show what he can do. And I do think that he is is probably their best offseason acquisition. And I think that he's going to be the, the biggest spark coming off the bench for the Sixers. Keith, do you like the makeup of this roster when you look at the, of, of them having to go against the Milwaukee's, the Boston, even Miami? You know, Miami lost some key players this offseason, but Miami is still that junkyard dog type team. Do you like the, the makeup of this roster? Take take the Harden situation out of the equation. No, I don't. Even if you had Harden on here, I don't like it. I, I think that the, the the thing about the Sixers is, like, they have a lot of, like, guys with question marks, mm-hmm. like question marks. And as much as I hype Kelly Oubre up and I think he's the best one, he also has a question mark. Like, like is he going to be able to do this, right? I think that he will, but he has to answer that question. You know, when we talk about Patrick Beverly, I love the grit. I love everything he brings. But the question is, did the Sixers get him two years too late, right? Mm -hmm. Mo Bamba, 
the question is, is I love Mo Bamba, you know, athleticism, shot blocking, but the, is Mo Bamba, you know, is, is he worthy of a guy to get, get legitimate minutes? Paul Reed, how the question is now beforehand when he was in with Doc, you know, he never got opportunities. Now he's going to be uh, depended upon to produce. Is he going to be able to do that? Danny Green, you know, they all have questions. And, and that's the thing. And when you look at Milwaukee, you know, the question they have is at the end of the game, who's going to shoot the final shot? Is it going to be Giannis? Is it going to be Dame? How are they going to get along? But then when we look at that roster, you see, like every time I come here, I get amazed when I see all these seven footers that they have who are interchangeable, mm-hmm. long athletic guys. You look at Boston, the big questions for them is, you know, what about depth? But as far as you look at the Celtics, one through six, they might be the best starting five, six-man group in the NBA right now. Mm-hmm. So, you know what I mean? When we talk about the 76ers, they don't, they, they, they don't stack up. And then we talk about Miami. The one thing about Miami is they have a great coach, a, a great president in Pat Riley, and Jimmy Butler is the most motivated player out there. So when you when you have that, they're like a team that doesn't really show you much in the regular season, but you better watch out in the playoffs, right? I mean, mm-hmm. they've been the two of the last what four or five finals. So you know, what I mean, you you and and then they lose players, but yeah. they always wind up getting other players who play. Or guys well. develop or yeah, already guys there. Yeah. So there's a lot of question marks with the Sixers, and and I don't think that they stack up. Uh, who I, I guess it's the Anthony Melton, but who, who if Harden is out, who's the other starter, Keith? The, is, is Melton is D Melton. Melton. Okay. So is, is D Melt, um, uh, Maxi, of course, mm-hmm. Tobias, PJ, and um, Joel and Joel. Yeah, right. Keith, when you look, Keith, when you look at them and you were there in Colorado, what, what, what do you what, what jumps out at you about Nick Nurse's concepts of what he wants? his version of the 76ers to do on a court? You know, I, I think the one thing that really stuck out to me is how Nick Nurse is able to get a lot of people to buy in with his concepts. Also, another thing that really stuck out to me is how, like, um, I, don't, I don't know, it's just like the defense grittiness, right? Like, I mean, yeah. so it's more not really the concept. It's just it seems like, he came with – he's giving guys opportunities. He's putting the ball in guys' hands. So what he's doing is he's getting a lot of buy-in, right? You know, I, I think um, – and, and then defensively, he wants to, like, blitz you. He wants to do all types of things. He also he thinks out of the box, man. Like, you'll see them do some things that you'll see, like, high school coaches do. And the only reason why a high school coach would dare do it is because they don't have the talent that the other team does and they want to be competitive. So he, he like thinks so much out the box, but to me, I'm just here to tell you, and, and, and it is always new. We all know this. You guys been in sports long enough to know that when a new coach comes in, you typically get these new guys and they all love them. But the thing mm-hmm. is what he's doing is he's giving opportunities to guys and they're basically living up to them. I mean, they're producing. So to me, that's the biggest stand up out more so than his concepts is just how he's been able to get buy in. And it just feels like a more togetherness than it did last year. 
Mm. Keith, where's where's Joel's head at, you think? Um, you know, it's been a weird journey here for him as a sixer, for sure. Um, and he said all the right things to his credit for the most part. But with all the hard and stuff going on with another year where it looks like they're probably not good enough, at least on paper, wh- wh- where do you think he's at? You know, I think right now is a wait and see with him. Like, he's probably saying, look, you know, they're saying they're going to do something. Let's check it out. Like, let's check it out, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, let's, like, you know, it's one of those things where I think that there's a, a great possibility that they, they can lose Joel, right? I mean, yeah. like, let's be honest. Like, you look at the moves that other teams made and everything, and you're looking right now, you know, Joel's in this prime, and they're dealing with this James Harden situation. So I think we're going we're, we're gonna to learn a lot by the end of the season, by the summer, like free agency period to see who comes in and who goes, because, you know, maybe they can say to Joel, like, hey, we got this guy, we're going to win. Mm-hmm. But I think that if it's a struggle and and if Joel feels like he, you know, this, I'm tired of this uh, lack of continuity that he could go. I, I honestly do. And you're right. He says all the right things. But the one thing about Joel, I pay attention more to his tweets and what he does on social media more so than what he says to the mm. media, right? Mm. Because to me, that's more so telling. But the thing is, let's just say if the Chicago Bulls struggle, and they already had a team meeting after the first game, but if the Chicago Bulls struggle, and then all of a sudden they say, the Bulls say, we got to rebuild. Zach, we love you, but we got to go out there and get um, someone, you know, we got to get something yeah. for it. If the Sixers could get Zach Levine and knowing that he has a relationship with Joel, like I would think Joel would want to stay. Right. And, mm-hmm. and let's try to build this. But I also feel like that's why I feel like it's a wait and see. And it's one of those things where the Sixers have to make the right decisions, because if not, they could ultimately lose Joel. And I don't think anyone would blame him yeah. for wanting to go elsewhere. Yeah. How much of a hot seat do you think Maury is on right now? I'm about to get up, man. So hot. <laughs> I think he's on a, yeah, yeah, he's he's on a he's on a hot seat. I mean, you know, I I think that there's a lot banking on what happens with James or or what they're able to do. I mean, because when you think about it, you know, I I get it. I get when Daryl Morey came, the team he took over a team that was swept, right? Um, they they their their uh. Their uh, cap space was jacked up. He, he fixed it up a little bit. But let's face it, Doc Morey and, I mean, excuse me, Daryl Morey and Doc Rivers came here to get them at least out of the second round. Daryl has been here three years. He hasn't done it. Yes, you blame Doc Rivers. Everybody, Doc Rivers became the fall guy this time. But Daryl Morey and, them, and, and the, the ownership, they can't blame anyone else. The ownership group isn't going to blame themselves. There, Joel Embiid is under contract, right? Got a got a super max. So, you know, when you look at it, it has to be Daryl Morey as the guy that goes. You're not going to get rid of Nick Nurse. So it's going to have to be Daryl Morey. So, yeah, he, this is a vital year for him. Keith, last one for me. What kind of pulse do you think Josh Harris has for things? He's, he's spread pretty thin, man. Like, do you get a sense that he knows the city's kind of run out of patience for this team and, and they're – I get it. If you win, everything becomes fine. But, you know, right now, people are kind of pissed off at this team and, and, and sort of fed up. Do you think he knows that? I, I think he does. I think he knows that. I don't know to what extent. Yeah. But I, I do believe he's aware of that. And, and 
you know, I, I think he's frustrated too. And, you know, I haven't spoken to him, but I mean, let's face it. You, you think of the money that they're paying people. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, he we want to be real. I mean, spent, yeah. right. So you, you, you know, Doc Rivers made a lot of money. Daryl Morey's making a lot of money. Nick Nurse is making a lot of money. Joel, all Tobias, all these. And you look at it and they didn't get any further than when they had Tony DeLeo and all those guys and they weren't making anything yeah. close yeah. to what these guys are. So, yeah. yes, if you're if you're Josh Harris, you know, it's one of those things you're saying like, yo, we're spending all this money and I'm no better than I was when I shortly after I took over this team uh-huh. or bought this team. So yeah, he has to know, and 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 I'm pretty sure, like you know, he'll he'll if he doesn't know the extent, he'll figure out when he comes to a couple games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you're right about that. Uh, yeah, I think I think the all the goodwill and the unconditional love with the process is, has evaporated. You know, at, at this point, that's for sure. Um, should be actually. What, what are you expecting tonight, Keith? The, uh, a Milwaukee win? Do you think it's even even a game? Um. Uh, I, now I, I think Milwaukee might get in. I, I think Milwaukee might beat them. Might put it I on a pretty good. Get, yeah, I mean, I, you know what? It, it, it could be competitive, like, but but I, I just don't see it, man. Like, so the thing is, the Sixers don't have their best player, and a lot of times, you know, you say teams take you lightly, but is Milwaukee season opener with Dame Lillard, right? Giannis just got this extension. The crowd is going to be motivated. I think it could get nasty. I do. I do. I mean, you know, we we, we look at it. I mean, this team is big, y'all. I mean, big. You look at Dame, he's a short guy, but they're big. And they bring grit. It's a blue-collar a blue collar city, a, a blue-collar team. Uh, I think the Sixers may be in trouble tonight. Okay. Okay. Keith, listen, thank you, man. Thank you. We appreciate it. Enjoy the cheese. Enjoy your stay, the hospitality in Milwaukee. And uh, appreciate you hopping on, man. Always great insights, Keith. Thank you. Thanks for having me, fellas. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, man. Enjoy yeah. that cheese, bro. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Keith, definitely uh, hey. <laughs> you can follow him on, uh, on Twitter at X at Pompey, P-O-M-P-E-Y on Sixers. And, of course, Inquire.com as well. Yeah, I, look, I Keith always keeps it real, Gunner, And oh, yeah. I agree with Very that. Very insightful. Yeah. They're 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 a solid team, but they're not special. And they're certainly I don't, in my opinion, unless something really dr- dramatically changes, they're not good enough to get past Milwaukee or Boston. That's for sure. So I think we're probably looking at the this either the same thing, where they get knocked out in the second round, or not even that much. That, that's what I think we're looking at again. It's, it's a bummer to, to feel that way before the season starts. It's a real bummer. It really, if they, is. Get, if they get knocked out in the first round, I mean, think about the public outcry. You know, even even though we sit here today feeling exactly, I think the sentiment across the board is exactly what you said. The people's don't, people don't have high expectations for this team and fully aware that this team could even bow out in the first round. You know, this team could not even win their division. This team could bow out in the first round. And yet the public sentiment at the end, at the conclusion will be far worse than what has been the last two years. And depending on how much they they continue to let this Harden thing go on, it's only going to add fuel to the fire as well. Yeah. Um, now this game tonight, opening game, who knows? They they could shock us all and beat Milwaukee. You know, first game of the season. Yeah. But I think we need. I don't care what happens this one game tonight. I think we need about a good 15, 20 game sample size before we really dig in to break this team down. 
I agree with you. I agree with you there. All right, let's come back to talk some NFL, Derek. There's a lot going on in the league. Uh, there's a game tonight, Bucks and the Bills. Uh, Brock Purdy, we'll give you an update on what's going on with him. Tyreek Hill, latest on the Sean Watson thing, which is getting weirder and weirder. Uh, a lot to dive into for sure at 1.30. Uh, we will talk to Coach uh, Billy Crocker from Eastern University, see how they did this past week and look ahead to next week. So we got a lot to get into when we come back. Uh, don't go anywhere. Tone, we will do Jim Murray right here. Uh, appreciate everybody hanging out with us. He's Derek Gunn. I am Rob Ellis. Let me tell you about Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group because knowing who to trust with your finances can be a scary proposition. And I'm right there in the front of the line with you. But I can tell you from personal experience that Jim is someone that I trust with my finances and Principal Financial Group as well. Whether it's retirement planning, maybe 401k, you're not thrilled with your insurance set up right now, or you're trying to get employee benefits off the ground for your small business, whatever it is, whatever it is, Jim is there as a resource. I know I've entrusted my IRA, my 401k rollovers with Jim, and I could not be any happier. You will be too. Give him a call, 610-996-4751, 610-996-4751, or you could email him, Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y, dot Jim at principal.com. That's Murray dot Jim at principal.com. you own a company and you're not producing a podcast you're missing out the public consumes messaging when they're ready join the professional podcast network of companies and let jacob media partners put you in the podcast arena come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast call jacob media right now at 267-261-3428 267-261-3428 my name is dr bruce grossinger and I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Win and save this baseball season from Colony Pools and Power Washing, a local company serving Delaware, Delco, and Chester County since 1970. Are you tired of looking at your green house? Is your roof, siding, deck stained green from algae and mold? Let the experts pressure wash your home and take the pressure off of you. Win with Colony Pools and Power Washing. Call them now at 302-762-2250. That's 302-762-2250.
E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. All right, we're back. Derek Gunn, Rob Ellis, Sports Take. Just wrap things up with Keith Pompey. We're talking some Sixers as they open up their season tonight in Milwaukee. All right, so we do have Thursday night football. Uh, I know you're always going to watch, but but I'm, I, I like to gauge your interest level in certain games. Um, this is the, the Buccaneers are at the Bills. Bills are nine and a half point favorites in this. So Buffalo coming off a a, a loss to uh, New England. Um, Tampa Bay's kind of come back to earth a little bit as well. Um, where's your, where, where's your interest level in this game? D gun. It, it's, it's still high because it's football. Um, and, and because Buffalo has become this, this iffy team. Now they're three and one at home. Yeah. Um, but the fact that they're sitting here, sitting here four and three is somewhat shocking. You know, um, I expect Tampa to go in there and, and they're going to give, they're going to give Buffalo a battle. You know, I just don't think with, again, I can't get behind Baker Mayfield in any, any way, shape or form, even though they're three and three in, in Tampa Bay's two and zero on the road this year, right? you know, which is interesting. The interesting thing about Tampa is they've only scored 103 points, but they've only given up 104. So mm-hmm. defensively, they're not giving up a lot of points. You know, it's just the offense can't, can't, can't help them out a, a little bit more. Um, Buffalo's defense is so decimated right now. Tampa could have a decent measure of success, but and no Dawson Knox too, Gunner, the no tight end. Dawson, yeah, you know he's but, out indefinitely with wrist surgery. So yes, it's, but it's I still think I still think Buffalo at home, and that's a loud, raucous environment. You know, primetime game. Yeah, um, I, I just think I think Buffalo overall has too much talent still. But the defense, I don't think, will be as dominant because they have so many people out in this game tonight. What about you? Will you watch? I'll watch it. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I'll be back and forth with that in the Sixers. They'll be my prime times tonight. You know, I'll be going back and forth with them. Um, I think Buffalo wins. I think it's too much of a desperate spot at their place. I I don't know that they kill them. Uh, That's a big point spread. Um, But I I think Buffalo wins. I I think you're going to see a good offensive game from Buffalo, even though Tampa's defense is good. I I think – this might be a game they get Dalton Kincaid involved, the rookie that they drafted at tight end with, yeah. with Dawson Knox not being there. Um, you know, Josh Allen has has somewhat been a little bit up and down. I, I don't know that their defense is quite ready. Um, Buffalo with all the injuries. Yeah, I'll take Buffalo in the game. I'll watch it. I'll watch. I, look, I, I'll watch anything. I'll watch anything NFL. I really would. It wouldn't matter what the matchup is. I'd be Same here. It, it could be Houston against the Colts. I'll watch it. You know, yeah. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued by looking at a Shane Steichen offense. I'm intrigued by seeing a little bit more of CJ Stroud and yep. a D'Amico Ryan defense. Will Anderson. So I, would, yep. I would definitely I would definitely watch. The only thing I hate with these games being on prime, it is hard getting off prime and getting to another game and then getting back on prime. That's my biggest issue. Yeah. I, I don't I, it's fine. I get that's where things are going with the streaming in general, but we need to fine-tune the streaming system a little bit better where I can just zip right over to the Sixers during yes. a break or go right back to them yeah, instead of taking – it's a whole process now to, to yeah. do that thing. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, sometimes uh, a minute to load, you know. Oh, that's the worst. The worst is if you come off of it and then you try to go back and for some reason you can't get on, it drives you crazy. I know, I know. Um, the, the Deshaun Watson thing has been really weird, really weird. Uh, you know, you feel like the organization thinks he should be playing. His His – you know, doctors and whatnot are saying he shouldn't be playing. 
So he addressed the media today um, and talked about it. He, he, he doesn't know how long the injury is going to linger with him this season. He's rehabbing. He claims he wants to be out there, but he doesn't know when he's going to be back. He said, quote, right now, we're not in a space where I should be out there. I'm trying to get a percentage uh, where I can go out there and be very, very beneficial to the team. So you remember he tried to come back last week and got hurt early. Now, what he said was he didn't re-aggravate his, the shoulder issue that he has throwing it or getting hit. But when he hit the ground is where he said the, the, you know, the issue kind of flared up again. Um, you know, PJ Walker has come in and they've won the last couple of games. They beat the Niners and they beat the Colts, although they got very lucky in that Colts game. The Colts got jobbed by the officials, but, uh, he talked about last week and he said, I thought I was ready. He completed one of five passes for five yards and interception in four series. He said, I wasn't ready. I just didn't have the strength and things like that to be able to go out there and fully compete. Uh, Watson is not participating um, in practice. He's focusing on rehab. Kevin Stefanski, the coach, said Wednesday and MRI revealed that Watson didn't re-injure the shoulder against the Colts. There was residual swelling that affects his throwing. I, I, who knows? It, you know, I, I look, I think if they could turn back time, they wouldn't make this deal. They wouldn't give him all that guaranteed money. They wouldn't do any of it. But if the guy's telling you, I can't go, like, I, I, I got to take his word. You know, I got to take his word on it. Uh, Cleveland has to be careful uh, not to cause an, uh, an unnecessary divide between them and their franchise quarterback. You know, and this thing has become way too public as well. Uh-huh. You have to be very careful how you handle this. Now, I understand – Cleveland is in, in in a thick of a of a race, a very a very heated race in the division. And every week you're jockeying for a playoff positioning, and they want that two hundred thirty million dollar quarterback out there. But I would think also, if if what we're hearing is true and believe that Deshaun Watson is the ultimate competitor, that you also have to back up and 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 basically say, okay, if he's saying he can't play, we need to have another expert, you know, come in and check this thing out. Um, as well, we need to watch him more closely when we ask him to do things in practice in terms terms of throwing motion, what's his p- pain tolerance level, things like that, because it's too much of a vague area on the management's part. We keep hearing all these rumors about Cleveland feels he's ready to play. And nobody's come out to defend that statement saying, wait a minute, we do want him to play if he's healthy to play. That's all you have to say. Right. Nobody said that in terms of what we've seen come across the social media airwaves. You have to somehow try to diffuse this thing because if it continues to escalate, if I'm the player, I'm thinking, all right, you want to play this game? I'm not coming back this week, this week. Now, that's a selfish standpoint to take. But if he's saying I'm not putting myself out there to hurt the team more than to help the team, you have to take that. You know, what, I don't care what modern medicine, technology, and an, an, an expert says or an X-ray and MRI. If something doesn't feel right in there, we see this all the time, not just in sports, but in life. You know, you're deemed okay, but hey, something's not feeling right in here. And then all of a sudden you dig a little deeper and find out, uh oh, we missed this. Yeah. You know, so I think I think you need to find a way to diffuse this and keep more of the comments in-house instead of forcing Deshaun to publicly answer questions from the media because stuff is leaking out constantly with that organization. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, you're right. Well, no, stay monitored on that one. That's gonna be interesting. Um, all right. So a couple other things, Gunner. Uh Brock Purdy is in concussion protocol. You see that study took? Yeah, yeah. And he finished the game, but he said he started to get symptoms on the plane ride. Um, I guess going to Minnesota. Um, 
he, he took some shots that night for sure. Um, it was, it was, they don't know what his status is going to be, by the way. Um, he, he, it's up in the air right now. Played Monday. He was put in the protocol yesterday. Sam Darnold is the backup. So he would be the guy he's, he's going to get the reps with the ones at least right now. Shanahan said he started to get symptoms on the plane. We finally found out when we landed, um, we were all asleep and then he, he got checked out yesterday and now he's in protocol. He suffered the injury. Um, they're unsure exactly when it was. It might've been a cumulative thing. Like you talked about, he, he, he didn't take a ton of hits, but there were a few. Well, he took a direct shot on that tush push. You saw his head snap back to the side. Yeah. Um, the one thing I've been saying about this tush push is it frustrates off uh, defenses beyond belief to the point. How many times do we see guys flying over the top of piles now? or going head first, shoulder first, into the pile, trying to stop a quarterback. And I've always said when it comes to Jalen or anybody who's trying it now, you've got to be worried about neck injury, shoulder injury, so on and so forth. But here's the big difference from what I've seen from how Jalen does it compared to other quarterbacks. When you watch Jalen, he gets low behind his alignment and his head is down. Yep. Everybody else I've seen doing it, once the ball is snapped, the quarterback has kind of stood straight up. Yeah, He made himself more of a target. And in Purdy's case, the same thing. Now, first of all, he's slight of build. Yeah. You know, you're not getting much push from that guy to begin with. Yep. You know, yep. you know, you, nobody else has a quarterback who can squat 600 pounds to get that leg thrust in there mm-hmm. like a Jalen. But Jalen's smart enough, whether it's the way Sirianni teaches it or the way Jalen just does it, Jalen gets low behind his big offensive lineman mm-hmm. and doesn't take those direct shots. But it only takes one time. It yep. only takes one time for you not to, to get to where you need to be in terms of down low for somebody to come kamikaze over the top and catch you, you know, on the crown of the helmet. Um, let's see what Sam, Sam Darnold can do now because it looks like, you know, somebody put out there only one player in the past year has played a game that following week uh, coming out of concussion protocol. Normally now it's a two-week process, so the league is getting overcautious with the CTE stuff in these uh, concussion protocols. Yeah, and it doesn't look like Purdy's going to be able to play. Now it's the Sam Darnold show. Right. We always talk about how Shanahan has had a way of putting any quarterback but under center and making them look good in his style of offense. Now Sam Darnold, Darnold's turn. See what he can do in this offense. Yeah, they uh they have a good game Cincinnati this week. Yep. Um, you know they they host Cincinnati this week. Cincinnati's a team that's, that's got to start stacking wins, considering the way that they started too, and they're playing better lately. So that that's gonna be a tough one. Like they have a their schedule coming up. They have Cincinnati. They go to Jacksonville. Two weeks after that, they go to Seattle. The next Ooh. week, they go to Philadelphia. Then they get Seattle again at home. Two weeks after that, they get Baltimore. So. San Fran's got a pretty tough schedule um, upcoming. It's, you know, it's it's pretty close to what the Eagles have. And, you know, different opponents, but still pretty tough um, for sure. So that that one's one to keep your eye on. Uh, Tyree Kill injured his hip in the Eagles game, and he's questionable now to mm. play this week. And who does Miami play this week? Because I believe they're using the old school uniforms this week as well. Yeah, which are awesome, uh, by the way. Yeah, Miami has New England. They have New England uh, at home at 1 o'clock Sunday. You know, the next week they have Kansas City. So you may sit him for that KC game, which I believe is a London game, I think. Uh, Yeah, yeah, the following week, yeah. Hey, don't don't snicker at New England after what they just pulled off this past Sunday. True. So, um, you know, Belichick, man, he – 
I tell you what, Belichick put together a heck of a a defensive game plan. And I expect him to go down there in Miami. Now, depending on the humidity, it's going to take a while for them boys from New England to get used to that cool weather up there and adjust to that humidity down there. But with Bill Belichick calling the shots, especially if Tyreek Hill's not playing, it's going to be interesting to see how they try to defend against Tua and Jalen Waddle and those guys. Yeah, yeah. So he's uh, he's a little bit banged up right now. It could be a big Waddle game, that's right, if he isn't uh, isn't able to go. I, Frank Clark is officially back with the Seahawks. Um, smart move by Seattle. Yes. To, to, to add some, you know, obviously a guy who can really get after the quarterback. Weird. It was a weird, um, I don't know what's, you know, New England, or I'm sorry, Denver. Aren't you, aren't you trying to get some kind of, maybe there isn't any value. Let's get some kind of value back for, for some of these guys. It, they're just cutting people, letting them go left and right. What is, what is Sean Payton and that organization doing? You know, I mean, they're not getting anything in return. I mean, I know they had them out in the trade blocks and nobody bit. Yeah. You know, a lot of teams, if they want somebody, and we're not trading anything. I'm not trading a player. I'm not trading draft capital. We'll see. You know, we, we got a little extra room in the cap. We can see if we can lure him to come here. But it's a great move by Seattle. Seattle's defense has not played badly at all um, in recent weeks. You put him back in the mix with Bobby Wagner and those guys, you know, he's familiar with the organization. Yeah. That's a big plus for them is they stay right on the heels of San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He's back. So he's, he'll wear number 55. So he is, uh, he's going to play for them. I, I mentioned this to you, you and Tone in the, in the pre-show meeting. This is just a one that kind of caught me off guard. So Tyrod Taylor beat the, uh, the commanders last week as the giants quarterback. He's in there for Daniel Jones. He, and they still don't know Jones status, by the way, for this week. He became the first black quarterback to win a game for the Giants. Yeah, you know, we were talking about and, and I'm shocked. But when you look at it, you look at the history of Giants quarterbacks, it makes sense. Now, Geno Smith started one game for the Giants when he was there. Yeah. Um, but but for a melting pot like New York, um, I'm, I'm surprised they haven't had more of a black quarterback presence there. I mean, they've had to fill Sims. Eli Manning was there for 16 years. Yeah. And Eli didn't miss many games, so that's understandable. But I'm just shocked, shocked historically when you look at the, the number of quarterbacks that have come through that, that, that organization. That is 2023, and that, that, that bit of history surfaced. Yeah. I, was like, I was like speechless. I'm like, what? And that's, I, I was what? surprised. Yeah. I was surprised. I mean, some of it is, I get it. They had guys for a long time. Like Sims was there for a long time. Eli Manning was there for a long time. So it's a little bit understandable, but you would just think by now, you know, this wouldn't even be a thing. So I I was a little bit, a little bit surprised at that one. Um, That's for sure. So uh, Bijan Robinson, not on the injury list. Nothing to see here. Everything's fine. Okay. All right. I guess. I don't know. Weird. All right. So if 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 the if the headaches surface again, see that would tell me he's dealing with the migraine issues the way Terrell Davis did back in the day when he played for Denver. Yeah. Um, so he's cleared. Everything looks fine now. All it takes is one good shot to the head and see and see what happens. But mm-hmm. okay, we'll see how much they use him this week. You yeah. know, they yeah. they went overboard to protect him from himself the past Sunday. Now he's been given uh, carte blanche to, to resume full activity. Okay, let's see. I hope nothing's wrong, you know, to be honest with you. Same. Yeah, same here. Um, all right. Uh, Jalen Rager, our old friend. Uh, Jalen Rager has been bumped up to the 53-man roster by the Patriots. Um, he's been on the practice squad. Jeez. They're signing him to the active roster. He, he did play in Sunday's win over the Bills. He, he had an 11-yard catch. 
So he is being moved up. Uh, boy, how the mighty how the mighty have fallen, D Gun. He, he's still in the league, first of all. His yep. stay in his stay in Minnesota was real quick, wasn't it? It was one year. Yeah. But you you look at you look at um, New England, and, and maybe maybe they feel he can help them in special teams. Although I still don't want to see him touching a punt on a punt return. That's yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. But you look at their leading receiver, Kendrick Bourne has 370 yards. Um, Hunter Henry only has 20 catches. Um, Mike Gusecki only has 17 catches in seven games. Devontae Parker in six games only has 14 catches. Juju Smith's, Smith-Schuster, who I thought would be a help, he's played five games, only has 14 catches. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a team that obviously needs help. Now, I don't know to what degree. Jalen Rager can run. He just can't hold on to the football. He can stretch a defense. It's just that whatever whatever Howie Roseman and the organization thought they saw in him when they, they signed him was far, far below that. And thank goodness they identified that he's not what we wanted sooner rather than later. And then he goes to Minnesota, and they're like, uh, this was a waste, wasted move. He doesn't do anything well. No, he just doesn't. Except he, run, straight ahead run. He's fast, straight ahead run. That's it. I guess. I guess. You know, yeah. that's about it. But it ain't much. Toughness, it's not there. No. Uh, Miles Garrett, the uh, the edge rusher for the Browns, it, it now owns a piece of the Cavaliers. Uh, he'll also serve as a brand ambassador for them. We're seeing more and more, and it's smart. We're seeing more and more players doing this and getting pieces of teams and ownership. They make enough money. They can't own teams in their own sport, no. but you can own teams in other sports. And uh, a very smart investment. You, you know, you're, you know, I'm sure he'll do very well with this. Um, yeah. Having a piece of the Cavaliers, that's and, for sure. And let's say at the very most, he bought into one percent ownership. Yeah, that, that's a nice little return on his money. When you think about the money NBA teams make. That's a nice little return. That's still the type of money he doesn't have to work another day in his life. He can just live off the interest and the residuals from what he gets from Cleveland if he yep. wanted to. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. But you're right. We're seeing more and more players across the board that are wisely investing in other pro sports. You, you you're even seeing a number of, of players who are investing in the ML, in the MLS soccer teams now. They are. Yeah. They are. Yeah. Smart. I don't believe them. Uh, so the flip side of that, Derek, is former Eagle linebacker Nigel Bradham. Uh, is uh yeah he's pawning essentially he's selling off his uh his Super Bowl ring now I have no idea what his situation is but it's never really a, unless you're doing it for charity which a lot of guys do uh it's never a great sign uh when that's the case and from from what I, from what I've been told is it's not a bad it, it's it's not a good situation um financially he's in trouble now he never got one of those um wow factor type contracts but he got a couple of good contracts in the national football league what did he do with the money you know where's the money you know um did he live well above his means like a lot of nfl players do and all of a sudden when your career comes to a crashing halt it's all gone did he get did he get duped we've heard the stories about how so-called agents and and investors they thought they could trust uh duped them out of the money and the money disappeared yeah, but the fact that he has very little to nothing to show for his uh, labor in the National Football League is an all too common story, and really sad because he's a good dude. You know, I I got to know him when he was here with the Eagles. Uh, good dude, uh, but that's that's a shame. From what I'm hearing, is uh, he's definitely uh, hurting for money. Um, and you're right, 
whenever outside of charity, whenever you hear a player in any sport selling their memorabilia, that's a bad sign. It is. It is a bad sign. That is for sure. Yeah. Um, all right. So beyond that, speaking of that, um, the Thursday night game, I forgot to mention Chris Godwin is going to play in that game. Um, other injury updates. The Dolphins are still not sure if Jalen Ramsey's going to be able to play in their game this week. So he's trying to uh, he's trying to come back off of that pretty serious knee uh, injury and the knee surgery that he had. So that's uh, they're not quite sure where that's at with him. I, that's not something I like to me. For me, I'm trying to I'm not trying to rush him. Um, that's for no. sure. Well, his tw- his 21 day window is open for them to activate him. If he's deemed ready to play, and if he feels he's ready to play. And, you know, Xavier Howard missed the Eagles game. He was injured. If you get those two back on the back end of their defense, that makes that defense that much better. They are two of the better cornerbacks in the game. Oh, for sure. No question about it. You get those two back on that Miami defense with that offense, um, you're in a really good position. But you're right about one thing. I want to make sure uh, Jalen, when he comes back, he's going to be there not just for one game, but we feel good about him being there for the duration. Yeah. Uh, all right. So let's uh, let's hit a couple other things here, Gunner. Let's do uh, the best coaching jobs that we've seen through seven games. Now, yesterday we did some hot seats, right? Yeah. Uh, I, look, I think there's some some good candidates. I know they lost last week to the Eagles, but what Mike McDaniel's done so far has been with Tua healthy has been pretty amazing. I would put him in there. John Harbaugh is doing a heck of a job in Baltimore right now. Yes. Uh, with yes. the Ravens. Kevin Stefanski has been dealing with a lot of stuff in, in the last couple of years, but he still has Cleveland playing pretty well right now. I think I'd put him in there. Shane Steichen to have them at what, what are they three and three at this point yep. without a lot of talent. D'Amico Ryan's excellent job in Houston. Uh, the other rookie coach, Doug Peterson, don't look now, man, but Jacksonville's yeah. legitimately yeah. on fire. Absolutely. Uh, um, and then there's Nick Sirianni who should get it. You know, he, he's team six and one Dan Campbell, Pete Carroll, there's a lot of guys who are doing really good jobs so far this year. All right, um, and, and rightfully so. If you if you had to pick right now, who would be your coach of the year candidate? Oof. I'd probably go Mike McDaniel. Okay. Probably go Mike McDaniel. Yeah. Who would you go with? Uh, I might lean towards Shane Steichen or or or, or D'Amico. The young guys. Yep. Considering considering what. Uh, they they inherited. Um, they've done a really good job. Both of them to have their teams at sea level. I mean, the Colts are one game below sea level, but Houston's at sea level. Yeah, they've done a really good job in terms of turning this thing around real quick. And let's face it, um, Shane Steichen doesn't have a wealth of offensive talent, and D'Amico Ryan's is is navigating with a rookie quarterback, and they they're right there, bird dog in Jacksonville in that division. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think it's too obvious to say Nick Sirianni and, and Andy Reid because those, their teams are loaded and both were, were Super Bowl finalists. But when you look, you know, Mike McDaniel, you're right, is a prime candidate. There's no question about it. Um, John Harbaugh, you know, he's been there for, what, 15, 16 years? Forever. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's got that team playing great right now. Mm-hmm. And they're coming off a huge win. Um, let's see, who else? Dougie P, you know. That team, that team's rolling out. What have they won? Four in a row? Yeah, they're, they're hot. Jacksonville, they, they, yeah. after a slow start, they've really come on. Uh, I give they, Doug a lot of credit. Yeah, they yeah. got that thing together. They've won four straight. They're five and two now. Yeah, you're, there's a lot, a lot of, a lot of really interesting candidates. Um, 
would you would you include Robert Sala, who's got his team at three and three? I probably should have, yeah, given him some consideration. I, th- yeah, that that was one. I, I want to see how much further developed Zach Wilson looks, and then yeah. he absolutely yeah. could be in that conversation for sure. Yeah, yeah. What about what about, what about Pete Carroll? Pete Carroll deserves all, all the all the uh, acknowledgement there too. I, the last two years, the job that Pete Carroll's done, yes, done an excellent job. You know, that we thought they were they were rebuilt. And they they just flipped it really really quickly with some really astute moves, and he's done a nice job. Yeah, and he still the, got it, man. He's the, the youngest seventy something year old you'll yeah. ever see. The fact that they put Geno Smith in a position to succeed last year, and you know he parlayed that into a decent contract, I think says a lot about uh, Pete Carroll's coaching ability um, and his staff in terms of uh, orchestrating an offense that catered to Geno's uh, strength. Let's face it, Geno Geno was a habitual. Uh, backup forever, you know. Um, And all of a sudden, he finds his niche, and of all places, uh, Seattle, at this stage of his career. Um, And and they're right there. They're right there on the heels. I mean, Geno right now is 33 years old, you know, and he's playing some of his best football between last year and uh, this year. Yeah. You know, so kudos to that organization for what they were doing. I mean, Geno threw threw for almost 4,300 yards last year, 30 touchdowns. And had a QB rating of 100.9. And this year, he set his seven TDs and four INTs, but he's completing 69% of his passes. Last year, he completed 70. This year, he's right on pace. He's completed 69% of his passes through six games. Mm-hmm. Yep. So Pete Carroll's done an incredible job with, with Gino as well. No doubt. All right, let's get a timeout. Coach Billy Crocker from Eastern University is going to join us when we get back. We'll do some NBA stuff, uh, update on Dusty Baker, birthdays, movies. Got a lot in store for you uh, before we close things out, before we close shop up. He's Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. I want to tell you about Pro Action Restoration. Yes, our good friends at Pro Action Restoration. Whether you have a home, a business, a property you own, if you go through the pain, the inconvenience, the the not knowing of, of water damage, fire, smoke, mold damage to your property, you're not really sure who you can turn to. Um, and, you know, a lot of times these things don't exactly happen at convenient hours, right? Pro Action Restoration is on call 24 hours, seven days a week to assist. I can tell you from personal experience. Happened to me. I reached out on a Saturday. They got right out. They fixed the problem. And it was uh, it was a big relief. And they are licensed, bonded, and fully insured. Pro Action Restoration has been serving the tri-state area for more than two decades. And they will work in conjunction with your insurance company. So again, whether it's water, fire, smoke damage, mold remediation, you name it, they can handle it. Give them a call, 610-623-3760, or online at ProActionRestoration.com. That's ProActionRestoration.com. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, We've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. 
If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community, at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. So Good Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Back on the segment of the program. Appreciate you hanging out with us. That's Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis. We're Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network, as he does each and every Thursday. Joining us right now is the head football coach at Eastern University. That would be Billy Crocker. Billy, welcome to the show. How are we doing? Hey, hey. guys. I'm doing great. Good, doing good. Man. Good to see you. Uh, uh, so let's 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 hit a couple things. Let's talk about last week. Even yep. though it was a loss, there are a lot of positives to glean. Absolutely. And you, first of all, you were taking on arguably the best team in your in your conference, yep. uh, a team that, that is, you know, perennially very, very good yep. um, in Kings. Uh, tell me if I'm wrong. It looks like you, you have a quarterback emerging here. Yeah, no, we um, do. Brett, Brett has played well um, the last, last couple of weeks. Um, this was our first um, dry game in, in about four or five weeks. So you, you don't mean alcohol. You mean it wasn't <laughs> raining. Yes. Um, yeah, no, it was dry. So we got to throw the ball a little bit. I mean, we yeah. took a shot the first play of the game. Um, and it was about a 40 yard gain and it had, he led him, it might've been a touchdown. So we were able to cut it loose a little bit and get the ball out to our perimeter guys, which is great. But you know, Brett, it, it's funny. He'll, he makes better throws in games than he does in practice. Try, trust me. <laughs> so it's like, you're sitting there you're like, um, even this week, you're like, Brett, what are you doing? He's a red light um, guy. Yeah. <laughs> so, but he, he's also, again, like, I think I've said, he's, he's sort of got that kind of the thing you, you don't coach, um, yeah. you know, when he's in, when he's in the heat of the battle, he can make things happen. He can do it with his legs a little bit as well. And um, he, he's, he gets so fired up. He's a winner. He's a competitor. Um, and he's really helped us gain a little bit of confidence on the offensive side of the ball. Good. Coach, you touched on it a little bit. I wanted to ask you, what was it like to finally play on a dry surface <laughs> with the sun out? 
um, you know, I mean, it, it was cloudy. I don't know if it's like that in Wilkes-Barre all the time. Um, I heard it is, but, um, you know, versus down this way. But, um, you know, it was nice. It was nice to not have the rain gear on coaching as well. Um, but it just, again, allowed us, especially offensively, where we've been kind of struggling to open up the playbook more and, and have a legitimate shot at it. Because I, I do think people look at us and say, if they're going to beat us, if they're going to move the ball on us, it's going to be, you know, in the air or out on the perimeter, getting the ball to those guys. All right. So in addition to, to Brett having a really good uh, game, a couple mm-hmm. of your wideouts, you, you know, have really stepped up as well. Uh, yeah. Smith and Swinton look like they're really starting to come into their own a little yeah. bit. Yeah. N- Nasik, it's two games in a row now. Um, yeah. You know, he had the two touchdowns, you know, two games ago and had another one. Um, you know, could have had two again. He's the one that caught the opening, uh, you know, the opener, um, the big play. So, and Eddie's a super talented kid. Um, and we're just waiting for him to, you know, it's almost every week you're waiting for, okay, is this the week we're going to be able to get Eddie the ball and let him kind of, kind of go off. Coach, is, is this, is this the point of the season? Uh, obviously, first and foremost, you want to win. You want to finish up Absolutely. on a positive. Yeah. When you look at where you are, do you open things up even more so on a, on a, in a playbook in terms of, you know what? Let's let's just try this. Let's let's try a little bit more plays of deception. Let's blitz a little bit more. Let's try to mix it. Let's stun a little bit more than we've done. You know, we've we've gone through this season. We know what we have in terms of talent, the limitations. You know, we've, we we might have played a game a little bit too cautiously, but you know what? Let's just just let it all hang out the rest of the way and see what happens. Yeah. No. I yes, I agree with you. I, I think so. And and honestly, I. To an extent, I think we've tried to take that approach. I mean, even game one, I said, "Here, guys, here's the deal: we're playing with house money. We are. Um, you know, no, no one expects us to do anything. Um, no one wants to lose to you. You know what I mean? We have nothing to lose in any of these games that we play, yeah. um, and our opponent does. So, from that standpoint, just the mindset, yes. But even being more aggressive, we, we again, I think we've tried, or at least had the the, the attention to do it, but I think the weather has restricted us in, to an extent. Um, and we are already a pretty heavy pressure team defensively. That's kind of mm-hmm. who we are. That's who we've been, who I've been for a long time. And, and we're actually doing a couple different things this week as well. So, um, but I, the other one that hits, I'm glad that you brought that up was, was also personnel. Yeah. You know, there's some kids who have been kind of waiting in the wings in the background a little bit. Um, just, Hey, maybe they didn't, you know, show enough in preseason camp as much as a couple of the other guys did, but now it's like, you know what, maybe we got to give, you know, so-and-so a shot here or, or this, this one, a shot here and in, in not just a special teams, you know, scenario, but maybe from an offensive or defensive standpoint. What have you learned most about yourself uh, through this process? You know, certainly a a lot different than, you know, Villanova and Connecticut and some of the other places you've been. Uh, Um, What have you learned about yourself? You know, I think it's funny. I, I go into it saying, you know, Hey, just, relax, calm down. And, and then just, this doesn't happen. <laughs> you know, I just, I, uh, you know, I, I listen, I'll, I'll get as, as emotional and as both high and low, um, as I would if I was at Connecticut or, or Villanova or anywhere. You know what I mean? To me, it's, yeah. you know, are there more people in the stands? Yes. Um, at those places. Um, but to me, football is football. The, the stakes are the same respectively, um, you know, uh, you know, for your team and all that kind of good stuff. So um, I think the big thing is just, as I probably mentioned a week ago, was just continuing to remember that, you know, players' eyes are on me, coaches' eyes are on me. They're going to take their cues from me, and I got to continue to, you know, it, you know, 
Yeah, lead. Basically. Carry myself, you know. Yeah. And but also sometimes like I need to be the one. Like we were, we were so flat on Saturday at the beginning of the game. Like mm-hmm. again, something I'm not used to. Like the game was a noon kickoff. We had to we had to get be on the road by eight, right? To get there by ten, and you know, so we had to eat at seven thirty. And our kids were just tired. And you played a lot of night games, in fairness. Yeah, yeah. And, and that thing was early, and I've never done that before. Um, so we were super flat. In the, in the, and so I think defensively, we played two quarters of football. That was it. Huh. I mean, had, had we played four, I think we would have had a, a real shot. You know, So that's something we're trying to stress. And you know, I found myself in that first half being the one who's trying to you know, yeah. pick up a little bit of emotion there and on the sideline throughout, the, throughout that first half. Coach, for as much as you can get a pulse on the situation, what has the feedback feedback been like from the administration as well as the student body? Yeah, no, I think administratively they're they're thrilled. Uh, to be quite honest with you, I think in a lot of ways we're ahead of of where we thought we would be. Um, I think the administration, you know, they they like the product that's on the field, but I think more importantly, they like the product that's off the field. Um, I do get compliments quite a bit of, and not compliments to me, but compliments about my guys on campus, um, in the classroom, attending extra study sessions, you know, things. And we preach that stuff all the time because honestly, ultimately, that's why they're here. Um, that's my job is to get them there. So I think overall, you know, again, there's there was road bumps and there's going to continue to be road bumps. And there's road bumps when you're at a program that's been established for a hundred years. You know what I mean? Um, yep. Yep. You know, but I think overall, I think, I think people are happy here in the, in the direction that this thing has gone over the last year and a half. This might be a question for the end of the season, but, but I'll, I'll just hit it with you, hit it uh, right now with you. Um, next year, will the expect, like, I think you went into this year clearly like, Hey, house money. And it, this yeah. is really the first time we're doing like, is that all lifted next year? Like, are you looking at next year? Like, Hey, we, we, we need to start becoming for real. Not, yeah. not that you're not for real, but you know what I mean? Like, you, yeah. you no, no, I 100% gone. get it. Yeah. Like yeah. that part of it's, you know, I think you use that, Hey, we're new where you, you, you kind of, you, you try to get as many, as much legs out of that as you can when you're talking to the team or talking to other people, you know what I mean? But you know, for me, it's, for me, it's going to be gone. You know, I, I think we'll have some kids as long as we can keep the core of those guys and continue to develop, you know, what we do have. I, we're playing with everybody in this league right now. You know, my expectation is we're going to, we're going to turn the corner on some of those teams next year and, and win, win those ball games, you know? So I do think there will still be a, Hey, you know, only second year they're still building, they're still going. But from my standpoint, from our coaching, so I think from the players that have been now in this locker room for a couple of years, it's going to be, you know, we're ready to win. Coach, uh, you focus on this season, but you also you're also looking ahead to next season in terms of already recruiting it out. Do you, do you embrace that aspect of? It? I, I've talked to so many coaches who do the recruiting aspect because they have to, but they don't really like doing it. There are some coaches that just love to get in front of young men and try to sell their yep. product, and there's some that it depends on the day of the week that are either or. Yep. Where, where do you fall in that category? I, I, mean, I, I mean, again, if you're going to stay in college, you got to love it. Um, yeah. Yeah, listen, I, listen, I have friends who, who coach in the NFL and they will go do anything else besides leave, besides come back to college. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. Just yeah. from a recruiting standpoint, especially the way it's going these days, because it's a, it is different than it was yeah. five years ago, um, three years ago. Um, so I do think if you're going to be in college, you have to love it. And and that's one thing, you know, again, I was actually on the phone with him yesterday with Coach Talley was, you know, he was always he always told our guys coaching staff wise was you don't want to be 
the guy who's known as just a good coach. You don't want to be the guy who's just known as a recruiter. You know, you want to be both. Um, and I think at the levels I've coached at, especially at the, the Division One AA, the FCS level where I spent most of my career, you really have to do both. Um, you know, I know I think at the Power Five and the FCS le- of FBS level, I think you got maybe a couple guys who are really, really just good ball coaches. They're, they're X's and O's. They're going to nail it down. And then a lot of the staff is, hey, just go out and get the kids. You know what I mean? And, you know, I think I've tried to take pride in, in, in my career of being, you know, being good at both or at least trying to be good at both and embracing both the best I can. All right. So a uh, big one this week. It's a one o'clock. Right. Yes. And you, and you, and at least right now you're going to have perfect weather. Perfect. Okay. You could have like high, you might, you might be wearing the guys are too hot. You know, <laughs> Honestly, I'm a little afraid they're not going to be hydrated. Now. There you, know, you go. Right. So. Uh, but you got a one o'clock and, and a tone. We have, let's throw that schedule up there. So the folks can, uh, can, can see it here, coach. So you got a one o'clock against Fairleigh Dickinson. Uh, this will be at Franklin Field, yep. and then you close it out two road uh, spots here: Widener and then Stevenson. So, give yep. me a little preview of Fairleigh Dickinson. What we'll be seeing here? With yeah, them. good. Just a, another um, really solid veteran team. Um, you know, they got a lot of seniors um, up front on both sides of the ball, and and throughout they're too deep. Um, that right now they have a leading rusher in our conference at tailback, um, a talented kid who you know we're going to have to, you know, we're going to have our work cut out for us with him. Um, and, and a defense who's played really well this year and, and they've battled with everybody. Um, you know, they had, you know, Kings on the ropes, they had Delval on the ropes and, and they were super close to win. They, they've been close to winning just about every game they've played. So, um, so again, a talented team who, again, I think if we play four quarters, we got a shot, you know, Uh, but we have to do that. And I told the team, we're, we're just at that point right now. If we don't, if we don't play close to perfect in all three aspects, it's going to be hard to win, you know? So. Fair enough. Fair enough. Coach, listen, best of luck. We'll look forward to talking to you next week. Thank you. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. All right. You got it. That is head coach of Eastern University. That is Billy Crocker. uh, And they're doing a good job there. Yeah, they're, you know, it's it's cool to to follow along here, Derek, and see some of their guys developing. And I'm I'm seeing names that I'm now familiar with, you know, in the box score and whatnot. So it's it's pretty cool to watch what's going on with them. It's like watching your kids grow up, you know. (laughs) It is in a lot of ways yeah. because he's taking a program from its infancy and it's still in, it's in his infancy stages and the trials and tribu- tribulations are, are, you know, uh, front and center. And, you know, when we talk to him each and every week, he has a smile on his face, but you can also tell when you ask certain questions, that competitive juice is there and nobody likes to take more L's than W, but he understood that when he took this job. And I think, you know, from what we've seen, he's handled it extremely well. He was exactly what that university needed, starting up a football program versus a club program, now becoming entrenched in that conference and trying to build it into something respectable. It, it's a long crawl before you get to walk. Well said. Well said. All right, a couple things, uh, just odds and ends sports-wise. Bust, uh, Dusty Baker's retiring, Derek. Uh, storied career as a player, as a manager. He did finally get that World Series championship. Unfortunately, it was at the uh, Phillies uh, (laughs) uh, against them. But nonetheless, uh, I'll tell you what, he he has had one of the more – I mean, he was on deck when Hank Aaron hit the – broke Babe Ruth's record. Yes. Think about the longevity that he's had in this game and and to still be doing it at a very high level as a manager now. Pretty cool. What a heck of a career, man. Hat, to, um, hat tip to, to Dusty Baker. That man was still a part of baseball into his 70s. Think about that. Think about how rare that is. And 
hoisted the trophy, hoisted the championship just last year, and all and got within one win of getting back there again this year. Yeah, you know, you look back and say, you know what, I've done everything I wanted to as a player and as a manager. It's time to ride off into the sunset. And the bigger thing is, he was able to go out on his own terms. Right. You know, he wasn't forced out, wasn't forced into retirement, wasn't forced into oblivion. He decided when and where he decided to want to go. He wanted to go. Kudos to him. You know, it's yeah. like Dusty Baker has been the name Dusty Baker has been so synonymous with all of our sports lives, you know, like you and me who've been around the block a couple of times. You know, it's just a natural when you talk baseball somewhere along the line, you you've talked about Dusty Baker. Very good player and even better manager. And, and, and well, I should say just as good manager in terms of getting young men to believe in what he was doing and play at the highest level possible. Yeah, for sure. No doubt. Um, so NBA wise, Derek, uh, Keith Pompey referenced it a little bit earlier. The, the Bulls lost last night and they already had a players only meeting. I, I, that's probably not a great sign that you're already doing. Now, now you could say, hey, players taking accountability. Good for them. They want to nip things in the bud right away. They don't want to let it linger. OK, fair. I'd be a little concerned if that's already the case. I'd be wondering what my coach is doing if my players already feel like the need after one game to have a players meeting. Um, I, I agree with you, but if this is something that was identified throughout training camp, preseason games, and they saw evidence of it in the first game of the season, uh, I applaud the players for stepping up and taking ownership and, and deciding to discuss these things among themselves without the head coach there. Um, you know, whether it's people grumbling about playing time, how they're being used in their roles, whatever it is, get it out on the table now and just focus on playing basketball. We cannot allow this to be a, a month-long distraction, a season-long distraction, because even if they feel – even even if we don't consider them one of the better teams, if they feel they have a chance to do something, you know, um, address it now and be open enough to talk about stuff like this at any given moment. Don't wait until 15 games in. If there's a problem, identify it now, and we will continue to discuss these things weekly, monthly, if we have to. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Good game out of Kristaps Porzingis. I still have my questions about him holding up health-wise. Game But one. he played well last night. Yeah. And he did it against his old team in the garden against the Knicks. Pretty good game. Wasn't a bad back-and-forth game there between those two. But um, Boston ultimately takes care of business, and they win that game. He has uh, he hit a strong game, really if, strong if game. He's, if he stays healthy, and that's a big if, he yeah. will be a big plus for that Boston squad. There's no question about it. He has all the attributes they need on both side, on both ends of the court. You know, um, but the big question is, can he stay healthy? That's the big question. You're right about that. Uh, Victor Wembenyama had his uh, made his debut last night for the Spurs. The first overall pick kid out of France Uh, got in foul trouble early and and flashed late in the game. It wasn't enough. Dallas ended up beating San Antonio in the game. Uh, uh, Luca and Kyrie Irving had big fourth quarters, but um, he, he, he came on late in the game. It was too little too late, but. You know, you can see the flashes. You know, what strikes me about him, about uh, the, the Chet Holmgren kid, they're so damn skinny. They're so skinny. I mean, they're they're young. They're kids. They're 18, they're 19 years old, and they'll they'll bulk up. But, man, right now, going against some of those grown men in that league, woof, it's you tough. Know, showing you how athletes are changed, this kid is 7'4". Yeah. And I saw him pulling up, hitting jump shots like he was 6'3". Mm-hmm. You know, but – 
you you and I know Spurs have identified this when they decided to take him number one overall. Yeah, you have got to get some body mass on him because they will physically beat him to a pulp in the NBA. Yeah, you know he's not strong enough to go down low and, and keep post, posting up players. He he's taller than most pe- players who are trying to defend him. He does have an array of shots, low post shots that he can go to. But in terms of battling under the boards, defending, um, man, he may not make it through 80, 82 games with his body type. You know, so. Yeah. They're gonna have to. They're gonna have to get some meat and potatoes in him, man. And yeah, it's not all gonna happen. Uh, it's not. It's not all gonna happen in this rookie season. It's a gradual yeah. progression. But I would say I would be surprised if he hasn't put on at least a good twenty five pounds by next season. At least twenty five. I wouldn't pounds. surprise me. I don't think that's. I mean, the, the problem is when in season you, you wear down a little, maybe you yeah. lose some weight. But yeah, he'll. They'll believe me. They'll. They'll. These these uh, professional teams know what they're doing in terms of you know nutrition and diet and trying to get these guys. Uh, and and trust, 20, twenty-five pounds may not be enough for this kid. You may have to put thirty-five on. No, yeah. no, you're right. I mean, he's got crazy skills, though. He really he does. does. Man, I'm watching him hit hit that perimeter jumper. I mean, pulling up like a guard, but I mean nothing but the bottom of the net. I mean, he's got a nice touch, nice feathery touch on that jump shot. Yeah, he does. He really does. It's it's fun to watch. All right, let's uh let's hit some birthdays. Let's hit some movies, D Gun. All right. Uh we'll start with birthdays. Seth MacFarlane, the uh the great animator, writer, voiceover artist, uh, is 50 years old today, Seth MacFarlane. Mm. And he's he's also an actor and a singer as well. Very talented guy. Keith Urban. Keith Urban, the uh the country singer, married to Nicole Kidman, is 56 years old today. CM Punk, uh, former wrestler and mixed martial artist, is 45 today. Yep. Pat Sajak, who's in his last year of Wheel of Fortune, he's hanging it up after this season, is 77 today. That man's 77 still hosting the game show. First of all, he doesn't look 77. No, he looks he easily looks like 10 years younger yes. at least. I don't even look yeah. close to 77. Yeah. But you know what? It's a great job if you can get it, right? Uh, oh, I told you they work. He works about the equivalent equivalent of like 30, 40 days a year. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. It, they just ba- they bang out like six or seven per day for like two, three weeks, and then they revisit later and they do the same thing. And that's yeah, yeah. that's what it is. It's unbelievable. Nice seven uh, figure income. Yes. Rita Wilson, actress, married to Tom Hanks, 67 years old today. Uh Dylan McDermott, the actor, is 62 years old today. Jacqueline Smith. Former Charlie's Angels uh, actress is 78 today. 78, wow. I know, man. I know. Carrie Elways, uh, who's been in a lot of different things. He's, he's also a guy who directs as well and produces. He is 61 today. Actor Tom Cavanaugh is 60. Actor Jackie Coogan was born on this day in 1914. Uncle Fester from the Uncle Adams Fester. family. Yeah. He had a very memorable face, that guy, and head, he I guess. Did. Uh, Bob Hoskins, very good actor, uh, back in his day. He was born on this day in 1942. Uh, John Heater, the, the actor, uh, Napoleon Dynamite among, uh, his other movies is 46. Let me ask you this. Did you like the movie Napoleon Dynamite? It wasn't my cup of tea. My family people loved it. love it. I, I, it didn't, I didn't hit me the same way it hit a lot of people. My, my family loved it. I, I didn't get it. I just, nah. It was like, it's okay. It, people, people, uh, you know, quote lines from it a lot. It's just not really. Yeah, not my thing. I can't even put it in the okay category. I'm thinking, yeah, I just wasted a lot of time watching this. They finally got me to watch it years ago, and I was yeah. like, huh? When it's on, I keep going. And yeah. I, you know, I'm a click and stick guy, but I not for that, not yeah. for that. Yeah. Bootsy Collins, the great musician. Oh, uh, he's the uh, man. 
Parliament awesome. of Funkadelic. That was a group oh, back in the day, man. So awesome. 72 today. Uh, Natalie Merchant of 10,000 Maniacs. She's 60 today. Uh, Mata Ellis, who played for the uh, Golden State Warriors. No relation. Is 38 today. Uh, Lauren Twos, I think that's how you say Taves. She was the uh, yep. on Julie on the Love Boat. The Love Boat, yep. Yeah, she's 70 today. Uh, Bob Golick, who's Mike Golick's older brother, is 66 today. Had a nice NFL career for himself as a linebacker. Uh, anybody else? Uh, the, the legendary Sid Gilman was born on oh. this day in 1911. Player, coach, executive. He's in the Hall of Fame. Okay. Uh, Francisco Liriano, great, good, really good pitcher. Yeah. 40 years old on this day. Uh, Antonio Pierce, who was a good linebacker for the Giants. He's now the linebacker coach of the Raiders. Is 45 today. Uh, Judy Johnson, a Hall of Famer. You might not know the name, but one of the best players ever in the old Negro leagues. Negro leagues. Yep. Yep. Was born on this day in uh, 1899. Played 17 years in the old Negro leagues. Yep. Uh, Don Siegel, uh, director, really good director. Uh, did Escape from Alcatraz, Dirty Harry, The mm. Shootist. A lot of Clint Eastwood stuff. Yeah. A lot of Clint Eastwood stuff. Born on this day in 1912. Uh, Hot Rod Hundley. Remember that? Oh, yeah, great, great broadcaster and yeah. player. Yeah. Uh, born on this day in 1934. And Hillary Hillary Clinton. Yes. Is 77 today. Yes, 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 she is. Yep. Happy birthday, Hillary. Uh, movies, The Terminator, of course. Classic, 84. Yep. Donnie Darko, 2001. Uh, Interstellar, 2014. San, yep. uh, San Andres uh, is... Uh, San Andreas. Andreas, sorry, is yep. 2015. I like that movie with The Rock in it. It was good. It was yeah. very good. Special effects were awesome. Uh, 2007, Dan in Real Life. 2012, Cloud Atlas. 1984, Firstborn. Got anything else I missed? One, one other one, 1998, The Lion King Part 2, Simba's Pride. I like that movie. It was okay. like, I like the whole Lion King series. Lion Kings are very good. Very good. Very well done. Uh, one of fact, Tone to Shields. Tone, excellent work. My Thank you, Tone, producing the program. Thanks, everybody, in the chat. Thanks, everybody, streaming and listening. You guys are the best. Please tell a friend, hit the like button, subscribe. Uh, coming up, you have the National Football Show with Dan Cilio. Gunner and I are back tomorrow, Friday. We always have fun We'll get you set for everything that's coming up over the weekend, including the Eagles and the Commanders. Everybody have a great rest of your Thursday, and we will see you guys tomorrow. Appreciate it. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.